Hello everybody and welcome back to Dicing with Death. For those of you watching live, sorry about the stream going down. Minor technical problems. They're totally solved. You are the technical problem. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. Right then, player. So, Alright, DM. So, uh, Devon approaches Kronos's crevice. Mm-hmm. And inside. to Belthara sits the massive ogre the massive giant fingering his amulets round his neck gazes down at you with some level of suspicion as you approach his cave and the booming voice echoes out Devon you are paying homage to the greatest deity the one who satiates the hunger of our hearts the one who fills us with meaning, purpose, and direction. Why have you come to seek Felthara's blessing? Ah, greetings, father. Um, quickly racking my mind for an offering. I imagine he has little use for coin or anything like that, huh? Because his DM never gives him coin. <laughs> um. Um. I have come to borrow the troll heart that beats at the core of that fountain. I point behind him to the uh, to the blood fountain. He looks surprisingly at it. Mm -hmm. You wish to take the symbol of vengeance, mm -hmm. the blood that flows forth from your enemy by the helmet of your other enemy? Mm -hmm. Wish to undo the vengeance that you have wrought? ponders this come now you you are the what do you say symbol the you are the symbol of Belfara here mm. the altar will remain but uh, and I hope to the beating troll heart it shall anew. return I hope when my hunt is complete the giant muses to himself what is new with you Please tell me you've left this cave recently. Do you merely sit here in contemplation? Those who have been wronged inevitably find me. And he grabs the amulet around his neck and says, this lures them to me. Those who have not but hatred for their wrongdoers in their heart 
find me here. They know where I am instinctively. I have little need to walk about. Bandy about. That's the word I'm looking for. Be careful, Devon. Treat your apprentices well, or you they you will find them at my doorsteps, as your mistresses' apprentices have found their way. Fun looks questioningly at this. They came to you, or they came to your forefathers? The servant of Atropos visited me. Came for my guidance. Came to see what could be done about the horrors she endures. Yvonne smiles perhaps inappropriately at this. Knowing more about those horrors than any person ever needs to know. Mm-hmm. What did you counsel her? I counseled her. I counseled her that her time was limited, that she would reach her vengeance when she could walk effortlessly into her mistress's lair, and that it would come with a terrible price. And Devon's eyes go wide. I fear for well I don't know someone's going to get hurt what do you know of Atropos I know her name for you mortals tell me but when I seek, seek the guidance of the stars, I see nothing but void. The name has nothing attached to it. It is empty. It is missing. Um, I fear that I must leave post-haste. Uh, I may have inadvertently given Atropos's apprentice the sign she was waiting for. Are you sure this is inadvertently? Perhaps my fate was, or perhaps my fate was guided by another without my knowledge. Mm. Devon goes to the altar and removes the troll heart from it leaving the altar more or less intact. The giant watches you. You get the and sense that if the giant was had more confidence in his own abilities or perhaps less confidence in yours, that there uh-huh. might be a struggle of some kind for this, but knowing full this. well who and you are and I leave how. the uh, I leave the altar intact, right? The blood will just stop throwing it flowing. And it wasn't a major flow, right? It was a trickle. Mm-hmm. Devon scoops up or replenishes his vials of troll blood from the from the small pool, 
Mm-hmm. Takes a bit and makes the, uh, uh, glancing to Kronos, uh, makes the uh, appearances of prayer and draws a little V um, on his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And takes the troll heart and the troll blood and leaves to Necrot, uh, but first uh, Atropos's cave to make sure no one got murdered after he left. Okay, it's a full day back to Atropos's cave, and or you were already walking for a while to get here, so uh, you won't was, reach it until well, the next we don't, night. We don't really know. It's been a few days, right? Or yeah. maybe we've been wandering the hills. Yeah, but it's definitely like a two-day journey to the cave, and you didn't wake up here, so it'll be a day and a night, and then sometime the next day to get back to Atropos's place. Sure. Um, and you will arrive back. Are the stairs still there? A crude pile of stones. Um, it seems that they have fallen over and are just mm. kind of knocked down. Must have been intentional, right? Although it was a crude stacking of stones, gravity was... or weather would not do this. Someone. You would need like an earthquake or some physical horizontal force to cause this. Hmm. Well, um. Um, by the way, Devon is probably needing to periodically stab the troll heart or something to keep the troll from reforming. I don't know exactly how fast it regenerates, but... Mm-hmm. You just stick a finger in each aorta, you know, and then just kind of walk around with it like this. Yeah. Um, Devon climbs probably, perhaps the old-fashioned way, maybe using some of the scattered stones as, uh, as a boost. But he gets mm-hmm. up into the cave. Mm-hmm. Shouting, uh, Atropos? Apprentice? Is everything all right? There is Atropos sitting at the back of the cave, um, munching on some chicken wings or something. Is it Apprentice chicken, Neil? is nowhere to be seen. Is it chicken? Could be a big chicken. Atropos, what happened to your apprentice? I told you, Devon, there are so many disappointments. So many. Devon shakes his head and takes a step back, leaving drips of blood. <laughs> um, I think if Atropos doesn't stop him or say anything, he backs out of the cave and gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> Um, she holds up a half-eaten, like, drumstick to you, you know, oversized drumstick, and sort of waves it in the air. Are you hungry? I am not hungry for your meat, Atropos. You can stay (laughs) for lunch, my dear. I have other appointments. Mm. Don't wait too long before you come and pay your respects again. Okay. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, does Devon need to go to Necrot, or does he just go straight to? Do you need an apprentice? Do I need a witness? I don't think so. Well, what do you think? What? what... Okay. I think that it, these things can be done with and out without apprentices, and there are natural natural consequences for both options. Yeah. So I'd always imagined bringing an apprentice, but uh, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> seem like I need one. I don't even know what I need to do. I can always go back and fetch an apprentice. No, your call. Go by yourself, take an apprentice, whatever you feel is appropriate for the situation. Dark Deeds, how has Cassandra been taking to the uh, less savory aspects of wizardry? I don't know if I trust the new ones quite yet. Cassandra has not really been exposed to too many of these aspects. I think she became your apprentice after the troll heart was created. So she didn't really see the horrors of that. She's She's... mostly been doing like elemental stuff and spell building and tower building. And yeah, the elemental stuff has gotten, I don't know. It's getting gotten to some gray areas, right? We accidentally unleashed that earth elemental, which killed a few people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole matter of like, do elementals have souls and agency is like the experiments we've been doing with them mm-hmm. ethical. Mm-hmm. And it's probably only going to get worse. Yeah, but, but I think up till now, Cassandra has taken to all the things very well, but there hasn't mm-hmm. been very much in the way of like dark magic yet. Yeah, Devon hasn't done much dark magic. I do feel like these things are best done with cabals, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I've been away for a while, so should at least stop by Necrot, right? At least. So he pushes, he pushes through force marching, arriving at Necrot after sundown, slipping in through from the outskirts climbing over the hills and through the uh, through the vineyard on the north edge of town mm-hmm. and slipping into his uh, tower from the uh, from the back entrance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly bloodstained disheveled twigs mm-hmm. in his hair mm-hmm. he returns to his tower <laughs> Well, there are your apprentices. Um, they're downstairs. I think your there must be some apartment building or um, structure where the apprentices sleep. I think Devon's old house, right? There was like mm-hmm. he's probably relegated that to the apprentices. Actually, that makes sense. Right? There was a little cottage that Akitos made, and I think the act the tower was probably raised immediately next to that. Mm-hmm. So I think the apprentices have use of that cottage. The old house, yeah. The old house, and yeah, it was. I think it's sort of just like a one-room little studio thing. 
but there was mm-hmm. like a cook pot and a stove i'm sure in there we probably don't want to be mixing the uh the cooking that goes on in the wizard's tower with our actual food do we definitely not yeah <laughs> so so maybe i find them there or are they in the tower you will find them down in the building um passed out passed out it's, i mean it's probably evening. you well, said okay, it was after see. dark right I force march, so yeah, maybe it is late mm-hmm. night. All right, then he will ignore them until morning, and get cleaned up and packed up and ready to go. Unless, uh, I guess he needs to rest after force marching, right? Probably. I was yeah. like, that would be a good scene. The uh, your mad wizard master bursting in on you, sleeping in the middle of the night, and clutching a beating troll heart, telling you it's time Come to go. Me. Come with me to the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he how needs mad? rest though. Okay, he's not. Okay. He's not ready to, uh, to go. Okay. He uh, sticks a knife through the troll heart and leaves it uh, in his workshop somewhere. Cleans up in the quanot. Mm-hmm. He's got a pool that diverts. And, uh... Um... Yeah. And cleans up and rests. All right. And... Next day? Yeah, the following day, after resting, replenishing his rations, Devon will uh, gather his apprentices. He's returned from a uh, unexplained week-long absence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he tells them that uh, we are all going to go on a... Um, on an errand. Immediately, benefit benefit your magical educations greatly. A soy immediately pops up with, Oh, where are we going? Into the brackish fen. So uh, lace your boots and pack some rations. You're not making me gonna fill a bathtub with a ladle, are you? (laughs) A ladle with holes in it? It's a good idea, but no. In fact, it might be uh, a week or so before you get a chance to bathe again. Yeah. You can see Moth and Cassandra mm-hmm. shooting Asoy dirty looks for interrupting mm-hmm. what it was clearly a teaching moment. <clears throat> oh, the teaching moment has just begun. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will gather their things, and the four of us will head into the fen. In you go. <laughs> um... Uh, and as we're about to leave, Devon will say, Asoy, pick that up. We need to take it with us. And he points to the troll heart on a knife. Uh, with a, like, a gleeful yip, she runs over and grabs the knife and the troll heart and carefully picks it up with one hand to catch the troll heart in case it slips. Gleeful? Yeah, like, excited. Like, this is the coolest thing that she's done. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what that is? says once they've they're rounding the hill passing through the vineyard I don't know some sort of organ of a a big person maybe there are a uh, 
a few workers in the vineyard that see us go, but otherwise mm-hmm. we are out on the outskirts of civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks to Cassandra or the others. Cassandra gives a, a heavy sigh and a roll of her eyes and informs the young uh, Asoy that that's the two-headed troll heart of a two-headed troll. If you take it off the knife and leave it, it'll grow into a full two-headed troll and tear you limb from limb. So you better not let that knife out of it. Not even for a moment. Boy, nods her head in understanding. Though that is just what we uh, may need to do. If we can find another troll in the fen, all the better. Or, uh, well, all will be explained in time. At some point later in the journey, Devon will muse more on the purpose of this trip. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some of you more than others, he looks to Cassandra, have seen the rise in uh, Necrot's status, specifically our tower, literally as it rises from the earth. Gems along with it, wealth, and wealth uh, beyond the wealth of the earth. My tablets, our pages of knowledge. He looks again to Cassandra, giving her, giving her these pointed compliments, stroking her ego so she doesn't get too bitter by being replaced mm-hmm. by the new apprentices. Mm-hmm. It uh, and uh, as our power grows, so does Necrot's bringing in strangers from beyond who may not all be trustworthy. It will not do to leave our wealth unguarded. That, I nod to the to the heart. They look expectantly. Will be, will be an, an offering. And the ritual, uh, and the rituals that must be performed, I yet know not. Anyways, Um, let's see. It looks like it's about a two-day journey to Grecos, I think, is this village here. So we will stop in there for a rest. Uh, Probably some nice treatment, right? I think Devon was a local hero of Grecos at one point in time. Yes. That's... Uh, I think Grecos is where you picked up uh, Athos? No. Um, Platos. Oh, that's right. They yes. were having trouble with Platos and... Uh, they had I stopped making sacrifices and he made the creek mm-hmm. run red with blood. Um, mm-hmm. And then you took him into your well-being, fed him, and now your river runs freely through the Quanat, um, mm-hmm. flowing vigorously providing yeah. food or water and thus food to all the people of Necrot and downriver. Yeah. Um, so we will enjoy Grecos's hospitality. Mm-hmm. Let my apprentices ride on my coattails. Um, if there are any small services we can offer to the people of Grecos, we will do so, but I think we stay here but a night and journey on. On you go. 
the next day, I suppose, you will make your way through the forest, through the hills, and arrive at the Brackish Fen. There is that pathway you have constructed with the help of dwarves. So it shouldn't, the travel shouldn't be too challenging. Mm Mm-mm. Hopefully it should be um, mostly easy with just a few spots where that need to be either repaired or bypassed and then a... Um, and uh, we will take the time to make the necessary repairs. So maybe that slows it down to a more normal pace. Like, so if we come to a spot where the bridge is out or like the swamp has changed course or flooded over, mm-hmm. we will stop to repair the path that uh, so that others can after us so instead of just like making our own way through as quickly as possible we ensure right. that the path is in good repair um devon puts uh what's her name a soy to work with her hands uh, maybe uses his own fabricate spell to rebuild boardwalks and the like who gets the honor of holding the heart um it was initially a soy I think it stays with her unless she does something that is dangerous or would lead me to believe she's not to be trusted with it. Yeah, there's just the, you know, if she's going to be working with her hands to fix bridges, then she probably mm-hmm. can't hold the heart at the same time. Well, oh. she's she's not very effective at building bridges either. That was more uh, <clears throat> the, conti- the continued uh, lessons of right humility and... Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe as a motivation to learn her magic better so she doesn't have to work with her hands. Well, if you do not immediately present her with a solution or someone else to hand it off to when you tell her to fix things, she will take the knife and drive it all the way through the heart into whatever plank it is that she is trying to move. So the heart attaches itself to the board and then she gets into the swamp and moves it around and then yoinks it out and takes the heart over to the next board and stabs it in maybe a couple of times because she's not super strong um, and then picks and moves so she stays with it um, but she does take the initiative to drive the the dagger all the way through the heart nice and hard yeah um, that's fine Yeah. so she keeps the heart the whole time uh, Devon doesn't make comment but he keeps yeah keeps an eye on the heart but this is yeah she's not gonna hurt it right it'll keep her growing from the largest piece so hmm. she's doing fine at some point looking at his uh soggy apprentices devon will mention that uh some wizards there's some more pampered wizards see fit to learn cantrips or conjure servants to clean their shoes and their robes oh, hear what baby thinks of those uh those wizards <laughs> she is not a fan of those crappy wizards yeah but i am a uh i was a shepherd first and foremost and a practical man so i never saw the need for such things mm-hmm. a waste of uh study time that could be spent more valuably <laughs> not sure whether to mute her or let her, let her sing I don't, is there a mute button for her? <laughs> Does she come There's with a one? Mute, mute button for the mute button for the both of us. Ah, gotcha. Ooh, dancing baby. Okay. okay. 
Well, so. eventually, you make your way to that flat stone area. Yeah. Of Drexel's As a reminder, workshop. it's. Yeah. It's uh, off the path, right? So the path right. sort of circles around it. So we reach a point where some hundreds of yards off in the fen mm-hmm. is, <laughs> is the table, the altar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sing it, girl. All right. Um, so Devon, I think, and it's designed to be inconspicuous. Yes. So there's like maybe a... Uh, an overgrown hill off to the right that the path diverts around. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, I think the boardwalk here is like, it's at a, one of the spaces where it's like walled in. There's like a railing on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't think that there's anything. And then Devon stops and he's like, This way. Yeah, this, this way. Walk. And he like hops over railing. He hops over the railing and says this way and leads the apprentices through the brush. Mm -hmm. Actually kind of gestures them forward, like covering the way behind him. He's not a Mm. tracker or anything, but just like pushing the brush back so that it's not obvious that four people trudged through the swamp right. here. Right, not like stamping down the bushes, just making your way through them inconspicuously. Mm-hmm. Leaving no trace of your passing. Um, and, and as we are making this trudge through the swamp, these uh, three apprentices out here, miles from everyone, um, Devon says, I don't think I... I don't know that it needs to be said, but none of us can speak of this place to anyone. And I think maybe stops here in the middle of the swamp and turns around, turns to face the three of them. There's a we must for the for the safety of all of us and of all humanity. We must uh, swear an oath of secrecy and loyalty. There are nodding around to gauge their reactions of heads all about. Even the normally sarcastic or talk backy Asoy is quiet and nods her head solemnly in understanding mm-hmm. of what is being asked. He looks around and uh, gauges their reactions to this. Um, sort of improvising this ritual. Like, does he actually make them swear an oath? <laughs> or is, uh, is it seem implied? And uh, I think he'll leave it at that for now. Um, very very well then. It'll be time for uh, oaths and rites later. Secret societies. Everyone can reach the stone platform and very quickly the staircase Sandra down. has been be here before, right? I believe. I think I brought her here for something. Yeah, we talked about be coming here to do the elemental plane stuff. Oh, that's right. Accident, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, The forging of his elemental bike. So Cassandra has been here before. Mm-hmm. 
I think the other two will... Well, it's quite subtle, right? It's like, what is this place? Like, you get to the top of the hill, and you're like, why is there a clearing here? Mm-hmm. And then you, like, walk out, and you're like, whoa, we're on a giant stone circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he... Um, I think we start on top. We don't find it. We don't go to the staircase quite yet. Okay. Um, the apprentices yeah. look about in the area. Cassandra, the only person who's been here before, seems a little bit more calm, while the other two are inspecting things. Uh, Soy, with the heart, gets close to the ground and immediately speaks up about the smoothness and flatness of the rock here and how it is clearly unnatural and something has created this place. Then she looks to you and says, Did you make this? talking uh yeah uh devon shakes his head that's a temporary mute button nice just got a bottle um Devon shakes his head. No. This place is older than me. Perhaps uh, older than humanity. She looks surprised. Um, impressed? Maybe in... Maybe yeah. honored? I know very little of its secrets. And he looks around to the three of them. Maybe in time your your researches will reveal more about it. But uh, there are great magics bound to this place. And it will uh, serve as a suitable site for our summoning. Um, the apprentices are mostly content to sit or stand and listen and observe. Yeah, so it continues go... to make commentary on what this place might be or noticing that this area of rock over here looks maybe slightly different than that area or it's all perfectly flat. And it's not just like flat relative to itself. It's flat relative to the water level. Like this, this is, you know, impossibly smooth and perfectly oriented. Must have taken a, a wizard of great power or at least great effort to, you know, on and on. She considers. <clears throat> Uh, we'll go inside in just a moment. Uh, Devon does want to scan the swamp side around them for a lucky troll. All right, let's see if there's a lucky troll. Doesn't need to be two-headed. I could replace the troll heart with a standard troll. Nope. Uh, almost as far away from the roll that you wanted as possible. You scan the area around you, and it is devoid of anything but a couple of cranes, some birds, a couple of fish. By the sheer amount of um, insects and birds going on and hooting and hollering, you feel fairly safe. There's no, like, large predators nearby, otherwise the birds would probably quiet down or chirp up in, like, a trying-to-drive-it-off method. Um, instead, the area feels very natural. Feels very, um isolated. No sign of monsters or beasts anywhere. Alright. Well, shall we 
have a look inside. Navon leads the way. Mm-hmm. When I first got here, this hallway was guarded by a magic uh, fungus that fed off of life force. Perhaps it would have been prudent to leave that guard, leave that uh, in place to uh, keep overly curious uh, wizards out, but it is now uh, open to our prying eyes and our greasy fingers. Mm. Mm. And Devon will uh, lead them in and let them have a look around. I believe the two side hallway, uh, I assume it's empty, right? Or is it (laughs) empty as far as you've seen so far? Um, Um, Do you like carefully explore it first? You just let them run about. Um, Devon is there with them, but Mm -hmm. he does let them sort of fan out and see. I believe the two side rooms were not interesting. Right, they used to be like a laboratory and maybe a library, but they've fallen into such disrepair that it's like shards of furniture and mm-hmm. yeah, completely tattered, empty, uh, tattered parchments and, and the like. Uh, and I do believe it was just the three rooms in like a cross-shaped hallway, mm-hmm. right? Enter yep. from one side, the main area is directly across, and then to the left and to the right are these two extra something rooms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yep. And straight ahead is the altar with statues to Ponos and Terassa. Was there a third statue? Malchus? I do believe there was a Malchus one as well. Okay. All right, so there are three statues. Mm-hmm. And Devon lets the apprentices look around. Um, curious if they will see anything that he didn't, but uh, he will say to them, this was Drexel's workshop. Have you heard of Drexel? They all shake their heads. No. He leaves it at that. And leaves them to look around. And make any observations of their own. Uh, No, the center shrine is to Seor, god of crafting. The sides are Terasa and Ponos. Okay. There we go. go. No Malchus. But those are all children of Malchus, right? Um, Seor is not... I thought Sayer was Malchus. He's Death and, and um, oh, Varasi and uh, oh, and Astaire. Okay. There we go. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the place looks empty. Um, there are no creatures worth note in here other than there are now like some mosquitoes there's some standing water in here where there's some like larvas growing there's some more natural mold about just the the normal insects and weather have uh, seeped in making the place humid and sort of stinky 
Devon will tell them uh, that they are free to study and make notes of this pl- about this place mm-hmm. while we are here, but I would uh, advise them against coming back on their own. <laughs> it is a dangerous place that may hold secrets mm. and not to mention the swamp. So we will give them uh, some leave time but I think our task will take us to the altar or to, to, this, to the magic circle. Yes. Maybe. That is what the three of them quickly find and spend their time focusing on. They'll do a quick scan around the rest of the place to make sure that nothing's here. And Cassandra will cast a detect magic spell to try and figure out what she can about this place. Devon will ask her what she sees. She looks at the magic circle and says, there's old magic here. I can't tell if it's active and faint or if it's ancient and powerful and just residual, but there's something here, something terrible and strong. Devon will say, Soy, give me that heart. She will take it from you. Uh, take it to you. Yeah. And Devon will remove the dagger from the heart and mm-hmm. toss it casually to the center of the magic circle. It will um, splat and roll and yeah. continue and to beat. You, you begin to, yeah. I don't know if it stopped beating when the knife was shoved through it but it beats again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, allowing some blood to drip into the grooves of the magic circle. I don't know if that does anything. Um, but more than that, he will let the troll begin regenerating. And I don't know if it's going to be hours, days before we have a troll again, but that's what we're going to wait for. The heart comes to a stop near the middle, but not in the exact center of the diagram on the ground. And the blood from it quickly finds grooves and begins to pour along, reducing in viscosity and easily spreading throughout the rings of the summoning circle or the magic circle or the whatever it is down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and once it is all filled up, the heartbeat begins to quicken in pace, going from, I don't know, 60 beats a minute to 90 beats a minute. Apprentices stand in awe as bit by bit the heart grows. A little something comes off of it, like a little prong comes off of it here, another prong comes off of it there, and the four of you can watch as it slowly turns into a troll over the course of about 24 hours and starts as just like a hand or like a little limb that sort of gets bigger and then splits into appendages and becomes sort of like a hand and then it gets out longer and it bends at an elbow and from the heart sort of grows the creature out of it Um, for much of the time it is a twisted mutilated piece of ugly looking flesh that doesn't have much 
rhyme or reason to it, just weird appendages and eyeball grows first in the wrong spot and then gets absorbed back again and teeth start to appear in the palm and then get absorbed as it grows and the new appendage arrives that splits into a mouth and eyes, which it's a horrible sight. Mm-hmm. Takes about 24 hours to yeah, reach Gather around to watch it. Um... Let's see. Um, one turn, so almost two turns. Um, Yvonne will cast a Bands of Cerulean when the troll looks like it's a about to turn dangerous. Although actually, mundane means of restraint might be easier, but that's fine. Do that. The bands of Cerulean. So Seems more suitable to an offering as well. Let's talk yeah. about when Devon thinks the troll will turn dangerous, because at a certain point, it becomes more or less a troll, but like the skin and the hair aren't quite there. The nails aren't quite there, but like the teeth are, but the eyelids are shut, you know, and it's difficult to tell what, when the troll could get up and run around and maul things. I think when it starts moving is when he's concerned, right? So when it okay. seems like it's looking like a troll, he will go up to the altar and sit and wait. Mm-hmm. and get ready to cast a Bands of Cerulean if it starts crawling towards Got anything. Or, okay. Yeah. So you tell me, does it, like, take the full 24 hours before it, like, reanimates? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. does it, like, get to 90% and it starts crawling? No, it will wait until it is um, skinless still. Like, the first layers of skin are growing on the outside and the nails are beginning to grow, but none of the hair has gone yet when the mm-hmm. eyes flare open um, and it begins to reach out with its claws and drag should, itself towards one of your apprentices. Should we roll for initiative, or is it so useless at this point that it's not gonna... You anything? can roll for initiative. It's gonna have a penalty, but in theory, you could roll a 10, it could roll a 1, you know? No. Crazier shit has happened. Yeah, yeah, okay. 1d10 plus 6 for troll, plus 2 for slower, not formed, 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it needs to make a save at minus 2. Oh! The bands form around it and then snap away. Mm Mm-hmm. And the and troll crawls. We might have a troll fight on our hands. It crawls towards one of your apprentices. Which one? Um, the second one, a soy. It crawls towards a soy. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, as it reaches the edge of the circle and begins to reach out for a soy, its hand hits a a solid wall at the edge of the circle of the groove where its blood has been spilled. Um, and then it tries to pull itself to its feet and push through the wall. No, it doesn't really get more than, you know, past its knees, and it reaches up, hitting some sort of barrier. Interesting. Does the, uh... Does... Is there stone outside of the magic circle? 
So like we can be standing on like a stone platform and there's like a magic circle in the middle or does the yes. magic circle, okay. But so I mean, it's all stone everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay. The circle is not raised or lowered relative to the rest of the ground, I believe. Okay. I, I think it's all one flat room. Okay. Okay. Uh, Soy looks maybe not necessary. A little terrified when the brands of Cerulean broke and the troll crawled towards her, but in her absolute fear and terror at seeing this thing moving towards her, she didn't flinch. Not from bravery, but from fright. She stood absolutely still, like the deer in the headlights, as the troll clawed at the force field around it. Um, only eventually breathing a sigh of relief when it's very clear that it can't get through. Devon circles around to her casually as if maybe he was expecting this to work. He definitely wasn't <laughs> the, the magic circle. That is interesting. I, I have questions about it, but not for right now. Uh, he will go over to scold this away. Uh, uh, <laughs> that is not a that is not a defensive posture, he says, looking at her wide eyed. Like I, I taught you, and he like <laughs> assumes the martial <laughs> arts stance she in front of the troll. Shifts her feet, um, still clutching the the dagger in her hand. Um, shakes her head clear, and calms and focuses, staring at the troll, and then sort of begins to shadow box with it as it like tries to claw out, and as if the attacks were going to come all the way through. You can hear the other apprentices sort of like huffing in disgust that she would use martial techniques when they're clearly wizards and, you know, use magic for this situation. Do any of them have any combat spells? In fact, she's probably the only one that's researching burning hands. <laughs> uh, um, yes. I think um, Cassandra has a magic, missile, a magic spell? missile Yeah, I think so. Probably memorized for this trip. Um... So, we stand around and watch, I think. Watch yeah. this troll regenerate and flail inside of this magic cage. And I guess now Devon starts wondering, like, was it the blood that created the barrier? Like, if you put a person in here and dripped their blood in the, uh, in the grooves, would it seal them in? Hmm. Or is it, mm. like, summoned creatures that can't leave or something? Is the barrier one way? Like, is Devon able to put his hand through the barrier? So Would you yeah. like to try? I think so. After watching it for some time and not seeing anything happen, Devon will approach like tangential to the troll. Mm -hmm. So, like the trolls, if it's if it's if the troll's fighting against the barrier at some point, Devon You're will like approach ninety like degrees off of it, ninety degrees to it, so he's not like facing the troll. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I assume the apprentices are not in danger zone, or are they, uh, like, taunting the troll? A soy has backed up maybe 10 feet from it um, and is still sort of shadow boxing with it. The other apprentices have sort of moved away to sort of surround the magic circle, so everyone's about, like, 90 degrees off from one another. Not exactly, of course, but about um, if keeping I inadvertently, If I inadvertently break the magic circle, is there anyone in danger danger range? Trolls within 10 feet of a soy if the circle is broken, and it's still clawing and as if trying to get to her, so, um, so that sounds like she's you know, in danger. I think Devon will go to be the closest one to the troll if mm. it strikes. 
uh, staff in hand, he will put a hand through the barrier to see if what happens. It goes down and the troll comes immediately for you. It's time to roll yeah. initiative. Yeah. yeah. The whole yeah. thing just poof, fails, fizzles, falls apart. And um, with a roar, the troll reaches for your throat. Uh, I guess we'll try Band Australian again. Natural one. Not a chance. Okay, then. You had two. Oh, okay, never mind. Yep. Way right, another faster. saving throw. Minus two, yeah? Mm hmm. 13 for a two headed dice. That's, that's going to be close. How I many hit dice that. does a troll have? Warrior saves are not that great versus spell, fortunately. But I don't know if this. 10 hit dice. Saving throw is an 11. Ooh, so it uh, eludes the. Uh... Yes. Eludes Zig once again. Uh, the bands form troll. around the troll who shrugs them off and they snap, and the troll reaches out to you. Uh, I guess we should also roll 1d10 plus 1 for magic missile initiative oh, was a sure. 3. Um, she will open up, and now it's important to know what level Cassandra is. Is she doing d4 plus 1 or 2d4 plus 2? I don't... She's probably she's, level... She's level 2. Right? Level two. She's got two spells. Is she higher than that? Yeah. I mean, Devon leveled three times since she's been around. Right. Um, yeah. Why don't you give me a D one hundred, and we'll say she's got a sixty percent chance of being level two, a uh, level three, forty percent chance of being level two. Um, That's level two still. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she will do one D four plus one damage to it. Two points of damage to the troll, who has. Uh, and the Devon troll will, will Devon take will tank turn. the troll. Yeah, our troll will reach out. Two-headed troll, plus nine to hit. Four attacks. Four. What is? What is? Does that have claw, four claw, limb? bite, bite. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, the first attack, I think this is... This must be a claw. D4 plus 4 damage is a... What do we have to hit? Plus 9? Is a 15? Nope. Second attack is a 14. Uh, the first bite is a 20. Natural 20 or just 20? Modified 20. We should place some limits on Glancing Blow. Um, I didn't declare it because I was casting another spell this round, but I don't, mm -hmm. can you, I don't know if you can cast it with other spells or if you can cast it more than once a round. Probably not. We said but... you could use Glancing Blow a number of times equal to your attacks of opportunity. Oh. Like, it, oh, okay. That was a, your attack of opportunity replacement. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, it would work just as an attack of opportunity, I think. So if you could either make... 
if you cast four glancing blows, you wouldn't then be able to make attacks of opportunity at fleeing creatures. So gotcha. Um, um, I didn't declare anything, so we can skip the glancing blow. I right. guess, I suppose. So that but, will uh, just strike you for a flat D12 damage. Uh, hits you for 10 with one bite. And the other head comes in with a natural 19 modified 28, which I believe is no a glance. critical hit. 28. Yeah, that's like, are we doing double, double crits? Have we done that in this one? I think so, I probably. Can't remember. I have 18 I AC. So. I think it's going to bite you for 3d12 damage uh, with the second head. Not times. Oh, that's it, yeah. Yeah. That could kill me. Let me see. Martial Arts 2. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> it is 27 damage. It is a 8, 9, 10 on the 3d12. Goodness gracious. Um. So the claws miss at you, but apparently they were just faints as one head comes and grabs at your, your shoulder and the other one comes and gets like right around your clavicle and your neck and takes a big bite out of you. Your blood intermingling with the troll's blood as it splashes on the floor and uh, fills the crevice around you. Um, around the magic circle. We're both outside of the magic circle now, right? Yes, or like the trolls bridging the gap over the mm-hmm. magic circle as both of your bloods begin to fill it. Yeah, let's see. Why is my staff initiative one? Are you a master with it or something? Mm-hmm. There's some I'm sort a multi-class of fighter. There's got to be something going on there, or maybe I've misread that. Oh, it's two-handed weapon style. Two-handed weapon style reduces it by three. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's smack this troll around a bit. And I will be using four glancing blows. Okay. And hopefully my apprentices will do something. So let's, uh, let's see what this thing's AC is like. Um, only plus five to hit. Do we really not level the warrior that much? Level six warrior, is that the case? Let's see. Seven slash nine. So I. Okay, so it should be. A, I'm missing. Let's see, this should be six level. Baby doesn't. Baby doesn't like this troll. Mm-mm. Seems a silly way to die. It um, does. Yeah. Well, I really hope you don't die so, here. Oh, oh God, I gotta have fix it. that shit. I can't believe I haven't. Uh, slash R D twenty plus. I think it's plus six. Let's see, natural or not a? Let's see, a twenty to hit. How much HP did this troll regenerate before it started moving? Like, does it come back at one HP or? Well, clearly not. No, it's at full, definitely. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to work. I can't fight this thing. Um, okay. Um, and then I get a free. I think I can stack the martial arts style, right? So I think I get a free mark. I think I get a free punch and a free. And a free block. Right. Um, yeah. 
So let me see. Staff, this is. Actually, I beat the, the troll handling initiative, right? You rolled the initiative of four and it rolled an 11. We had, yeah. we had talked about how I can use like the staff spear and my staff specialize or my my staff finesse allows me to do like a staff attack every other round while using the spear every round uh, we yeah, yeah, made yeah. it like the polearm master thing from mm-hmm. 5e so this will be spear damage I don't know if with two weapon fighting do I get a plus one to damage using a spear two handed or do I get right that's what I was wondering about yeah that. because weapons that can be wielded either one handed yeah. or two handed so I don't think so I think my I think my initiative was slower. Is what okay, I'm saying. Okay, but it's but still not going to be 11. Damage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, 20 is a hit against AC 16 troll. All right, so I stab it. For minimum damage. For three. I will fist it for nine is a miss. And I back away, hoping I don't die. Actually, oh shit, I'm screwed. My armor spell was, was broken by that second hit. Ah, uh, all right. Um, let's see. Other apprentices probably should have rolled in here as well. A soy would have rolled in. At uh, I'm gonna say there's a bit of a delay because she's a little bit terrified, so she'll go last in the round. <sighs> uh, moth, moth is not doing anything. Moth has absolutely nothing to do here. Cassandra has already used a detect mat. Well, the detect magic was yesterday. Um, oh, she guys right. would have slept. She would have memorized spells. She definitely had one magic missile. Would she have taken another detect mag? No, she. you're regenerating a troll. She's not an idiot. She'll have another magic missile. So she'll come in with a 1d4 plus one. Uh, five, there we go. You're okay with one. And so the troll will make its claw attacks against you. Um, the first claw is in eight and nine is 17. Yeah, let me think about, well, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's roll low or something. No, that's a success, but it rolls lower than me. So the block doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So you are going to take physical damage from this? Uh, yes, but let's read Glancing Blow. I do 1d4 at one, maxing out, let's see, 3d4. Woo! Let's see, 2d4 at level four, 3d4 at level seven. Let's see, wait, every three levels. So one, four, seven, I think 10 would be the next one. So it reduces to 3d4 damage. Okay. Uh, the troll does four damage. No, I'm sorry, five damage. Yeah, yeah. Completely glanced. Mm-hmm. Um, how many spell slots does a? Or sorry, how many attacks of opportunity does a level seven fighter get? At least Is four, because it... you start with three, yeah. and then you'll get one every three levels, I think. Okay, so I can I can glance all of these. You sports. can glance all of them, yeah. Okay. It'll burn through your MP quickly, but you can glance them all. Yeah. Um, second attack from the troll is a four, and nine is a 13. Mm-hmm. Does that hit? 
I don't know what your AC is now that you don't oh, have it. Your actually, four and thirteen might actually have it. Um, I don't have armor spell. Your AC can't be thirteen. Martial arts. I, th I think it is. No, it's fourteen. Oh, I got the scarab. Okay, so it's fourteen. So that's a gotcha. miss. Okay. Woo. God. Um, the bite comes in at an eleven and nine is a twenty. Yep, that's a hit. It's a hit. Uh, the bite damage is a three. Lanced. Okay, and the second bite is a twelve and nine is a twenty-one. And the bite damage is an Glanced. eight. Oh, right. very nice. Um, okay. So that's another six. So we're looking at six. Cool, cool. How at the very any, end of the round. We don't have a health bar going. Any? Uh, oh, yeah. Let me get you a health bar then. Or you can just sort of tell me how we're looking. Uh, troll. Go. was like this and then it took two and then it took three and then it took five and a soy ha you know you've been telling her to use her hands and learn the mundane she ways of doing with things a, with a knife so she circles around the troll and goes to stab it in the back with a dagger with a 19 to hit plus two for back attack is a 21 Versus a um, troll's 16 AC is a critical 16. hit. Um, well done, Asoy. She will do six damage to the troll. Wow, maybe she's not a piece of shit wizard after all. She really yeah. is your, your next best wizard. Cassandra's jealousy will know no bounds when the shit apprentice does more damage with the dagger than she did with her magic missiles. That's kind of the nature of magic missile. No. Um, and we will go to the next round of initiative. I think we need to redo the crit system. <laughs> the double is... crit you think is too much? Yeah. I think about, so I just... too. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um... For Tides of Death and I think all future campaigns, I'm just going to use rules as written crits. Um... Oh shit, that's a good initiative. Uh, what do I roll? Is Spear six, five? Six. But you've got the two-handed style, so... But I think it, it's a one-handed weapon. I can't get both plus one to damage and... Oh, but you've, like, ruined Spear, didn't you? You have it do 2d4 damage no matter what. It just, like, gets It reach. should probably be d6 if it's one-handed and 2d4 if it's two-handed. I think that makes oh, the most sense. that's a better way to do it. But... Yeah. Okay. So then should I, I should do like four initiative, sorry, three initiative. Three initiative. Mm -hmm. And just do 2d4 with no bonus. Okay, so I do win. Let's see. Oh, and, this um, troll should be regenerating a ton. So let's see. Uh, what's her name? A... We'll backstab at four. Ooh, she will go first. 1d20 oh, okay. plus two for back attack against the troll. She will score another nice. hit. Maybe the troll will focus on her. Ugh. Waste of a good apprentice. Um, does does the troll keep its attention on Devon? I guess I've been uh, Devon goes first. Oh, so yeah. Oh, oh almost. Oops. The great roll. Yeah. 
17 will do it. Mm-hmm. Six points of damage. That's my right. Gosh. Prize Ooh, of joy. Stone or something. Yeah. Uh, so on fists, a... uh, fists the roll hit, but not a crit. Correct. All right. So for another seven, and I get a second. At- I get another attack at the end. Can so what? You're making a two-handed attack with the spear and then punching it with an offhand. The, yes, because the, it's a martial arts weapon. Oh, so you can so, still make an unarmed attack even yeah. if you're using a two-handed weapon as a martial and arts my, weapon. Yeah, and okay. my style. Yeah, my style as a free punch. Yeah, I assume it's just like I'm spinning a staff. Occasionally, it goes to one hand. I punch it, mm-hmm. two hands, stab it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the round, I'm going to smack it with the butt of the spear. Well, for the a, punch yeah. does seven. It had six HP remaining. The punch so. does one. Oh, it's not the spear. Oh. The Fist of Stone, I thought you said. was. No, I do. I was saying I need Fist of Stone. I need Fist of Stone. It's not dead yet. So it's... There it is. Yeah, so it still has 6 HP or something. Five, yeah. So close. Mm -hmm. Um, Beginning on the third round is when it begins to regenerate. Nice. After taking damage, that's going to be this very next round. It's going to start to heal. All right. Um, But the troll takes his turn first, yeah? I believe... Yeah, I believe... uh, its bite seem the most lethal, right? Yes. So I'll block a bite and glance everything else. Actually, they're about the same average damage. The bite has greater potential, but the claws have lower minimums. They do six and a half each. Um, so the troll will get its first claw attack. It is a 12 and 9. It is a 21. Uh, which will hit unless you block? Are you doing uh, I was going to block just the blo- bite. Okay. So this is being Ooh. glanced. Yeah. Two Damage. and four is six. So you will take right. two. No, no more. No crits, please. The second claw comes in with a 11 and nine is a 20, which gets glanced. It does one and four is five. We glanced. And the bite comes in. With another 11 and 9 is 20. Uh, You're trying to block. block. It rolled an 11. It rolled a natural 11. Uh, I think I can block that. I don't think I can. Actually, maybe if I roll a 10. Oops. What? O-R. Nope. Nope. Uh, And the big D12 of either lots of damage or no damage. Sits at a six. Completely glanced. Nice. Last one. Last one. Here we go. Uh, 14 and nine is a 23. Four, five damage. Glanced. Oh, we might need to take a break mid battle, okay. but we'll see. Let's see. So I get um, a staff attack. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's Moth crying in the corner. 17's a hit. Yeah. Baby. Four points of damage. Uh, One off. 
Uh, did... No, Cassandra did not get her action this round. She already used two spells previously. Right? Um, Cassandra's... You know what? Why don't we take our break? Mid-combat? Yeah? No? We'll just do Cassandra if he's muted right now. So what is Cassandra going to do? Um, she can't let Asoy show her up. But she doesn't have much in the way of weapons. She's probably got like a walking stick or something. I guess she's got a staff proficiency. So she can walk up behind and make a, so Cassandra a staff did, attack. Cassandra did two um, magic missiles. Magic missiles. This is round two, isn't it? Oh, no. This is round three. Okay, yeah. The first round was... Um, yeah, first round, Devon tried to do the right bands of Cerulean and it failed. Yeah, and that's when she took the troll took two from the magic missile, and then okay, so she's yeah. out of magic missiles. She can try a staff. There's also is uh, you said Moth is just crying in the corner. Moth is crying in the corner. It's fifteen year old kid. This is not what they're ready for. Mm -hmm. uh, but Cassandra plus two for back attack, no other bonuses. Comes up with a quarter staff that she picked up on the way out here. And we'll hit for a 16. The... Bringing it down. Yeah, it doesn't even matter what the damage is because the troll is exactly at one. It'll drop to zero. It'll drop to negative something and immediately begin to regenerate. Um, and I think that's where we take our break and we'll come back on the other side with some more Dicing with Death. I can pause. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dyson with Death. The troll lies beaten and bloodied on the ground. Cassandra and um, Soy know enough about trolls, and they've seen it regenerate, and they're not taking any chances, and so they beat the ever-living shit out of the unconscious corpse, or stab the ever-living shit out of it. Uh, as a soy's condition may be, while Moth yes. sits in the corner, um, terrified, <laughs> huddled in a little ball, staring wide-eyed in horror at what is going on. Clearly, the 15-year-old is a little out of her depth. <clears throat> well, Devon has trained his other t apprentice as well. So he joins in and kicking the troll a few times. <clears throat> um... Um, after some time, will passes. the magic circle reignite? Like, does the troll's blood resummon the barrier? So we don't really know. Um, no. Devon will ask his apprentices, uh, does anyone know what just happened? <laughs> There's some silence, and Cassandra raises her hand. Um, yes. You breached the magic circle with your hand. Devon, Devon nods, nods as if he uh, intended for that all to happen. Uh, I'm sure his fighting was impressive enough to... Uh, I don't know. So maybe his magic failed, but he was able to ninja the 
troll into submission with a mm-hmm. few uh, precise backstabs from the uh, apprentices. Mm-hmm. So he speaks up, yes. saying, I, I think I understand why you're teaching me to use my hands. Sometimes magic isn't enough. Especially with your power. I may be able to uh, glance a troll's blows all day, but uh, Cassandra here has but two magic missiles in her before she has to resort to the stick. Nod, as if they get it. Um, does anyone have any ideas for restoring the barrier? Uh, Soy speaks up quickly. Well, wouldn't we just have to do the same thing as before? Drag it back into the middle and let its blood fill the grooves? And Cassandra gives her a wry like, yes, but what if the blood needs to be drained from the grooves first before it will reactivate? How would we know? Um, Moth sits quietly. Would you like us to test this, Neil, or would you like to give Devon a chance to like archaeology or spellcraft his way into a likely solution? Do you have the spell magic circle? No, does such a thing exist? There is a spell called Magic Circle. Um, so why don't you give me a spellcraft? Is that the skill? Yeah, give me a spellcraft check. Skills, spellcraft. Oh, that's not good. Don't know. Um, okay. guess we'll have to find out. Okay. It couldn't hurt. Here's a moment where a cantrip might be handy. But I think we'll use some brush to clear the magic circle mm-hmm. and the blood. Mm-hmm. Moth stays Reset in the corner things. while you guys clear the blood. And reset things. Hope we didn't break her uh, irreparably. Um, Devon will apply some troll blood to his. Actually, I think he can. I can use MP. Let me take a look at this spell. One point per round, one round per level. I have some poultices I can apply, and I think to the horror of the apprentices, Devon drinks some troll blood to restore his HP. I they watch in abject terror. Do you just like <laughs> go up to the troll blood and like slurp some of it as you cast your spell? I think. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, why bother quaffing some from? The thing? I. I don't think it's like a big thing. I think they like catch it out of the corner of their eye, right? Like we're all cleaning up the magic circle to get ready, and they like they're like, is he? Did he just? Is, is he lapping up the troll blood? Like they're like cleaning it with brush or something, and they see me drinking, like wringing it out into your mouth, <laughs> or yeah, just licking it, the troll. It only requires a quaff, so mm-hmm. uh, one good lick. But they 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 look they look, yeah out of their peripheral vision they see their master hands and knees slurping troll blood from the grooves of this magic circle. Mm-hmm. 
soy will not so divine is it <laughs> put a finger in the troll blood and lick it herself before spitting it back out and complaining of the metallic taste that is also somehow like bitter and rotten and Devon realizes he's been spotted walks over to her and says or and like holds out his hand and like where like wounds are I don't know where like an arm where like wounds are knitting over mm-hmm. and he, he says disdainfully that, yeah that won't work he says I just wanted to it's, it's, it's magic that will just make you sick. Perhaps when you're, perhaps when you're more powerful, though. Uh, such dark arts often carry side effects. Turns his back and maybe rubs some of his troll blood poultice into his wounds, to heal them further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the troll blood. Poultice did. Was that similar? Or was it one? Was it nine points of healing over nine rounds? Or I think so. Let me open up my notes after I quote this person in chat. Magic folder, potion subtab, potion trollish trollish solve. Uh, do, 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 do. One HP per round over nine rounds. Okay, so total low gain eighteen from drinking the troll blood, and expending a third level spell, and applying the poultice to wounds. Mm-hmm. I show this to Asoya as well, as I was explaining to her that maybe when she's more powerful, I will show her, mm-hmm. but dark magic has risks and she might not uh, might want to avoid such a path yeah Um, and then it's a period of waiting right for the troll to heal up enough to redo its thing yeah so I guess we clean it up and then we wait to see if when the troll regenerates this time it will be stuck right well it takes maybe an hour or two for the troll to get back to moving around on the ground and sort of like twitching a little bit and then another 45 minutes or so before it can start to drag itself back in your direction um, letting out a groan as it crawls or pulls itself more likely across the ground kicking with its feet occasionally it reaches the edge of the barrier and once again its hand presses against a force field okay so we're not entirely sure if the cleaning between uses was necessary, but we did it anyways. Mm-hmm. Now, Devon says, no one should uh, breach the barrier. And we sit down to watch. The deadly seriousness of the situation calms the sometimes um, snarky apprentice's words they all just sort of sit there and wait. 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 Um, what are you waiting for, Devon? I'm not sure what's supposed to happen. This two-headed troll is to be an offering 
to whatever extraplanar entity agreed to send him a Yugoloth. Mm-hmm. He's not entirely sure how to make such an offering. Do you think communicating and setting up a specific spot is enough? Or do you think there were other things that needed to be needed to be done? Do you need to call their attention to the place? Do you need to wait so, for like a certain time of day or like cycle of the moon? Um, we'll wait here and see. I don't really, ha- I don't have a way to contact them again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Um. So I think we'll wait. Maybe it's a time of day, so we'll wait here long enough to see. If it takes like a long time, Devon will eventually tell his apprentices they're free to like to find somewhere to rest mm-hmm. and make themselves comfortable in the uh, chambers below. Mm-hmm. And yeah. All right. Uh, but Devon will keep watch at the uh, the magic circle. You um, can tell when the sun goes down outside by looking through the doorway down the long hall to the other end where the light shines on the steps. And as the steps go into shadow and the ambient light begins to fade from there, um, this chamber takes on a misty quality. Well, hold on. Devon is on the surface. Is this down in the... This is down in the pit. Okay. So you can go ahead and narrate it, but if something interesting happens, it's probably one of my apprentices shouting up for me to come see. Uh, I think that's going to exactly be what it is. You hear Moth calling in her high-pitched young child's voice. Help! Help! Something! Master Devon! Master Devon! And Devon will uh, go down below. Mm-hmm. See what she's hollering about. Uh, what the is sun it? has set, and you can see there is a mist forming in this room, um, but only within the confines of the magic circle. Is this the altar room, or the, mm-hmm. the room with the statues? This the room with the statues, and the room with the troll, who is now fully awake and just stopped his yowling and is. Oh, so wait, the troll thing happened inside of the... For some reason, I thought it was on the surface. The magic circle was inside the room with the... Yes. With the statues. Yes. I thought that's where all this was transpiring. I misunderstood. I thought the magic circle was on the surface of the stone platform. But it sounds like there's a, um, the magic circle's on a lower layer. No, no, you're right. The magic circle is on the surface. I think I just got myself confused. Okay. So I think all of that was going on on the surface. Yes. But the chamber, but there's a chamber just beneath it that is now filling up with... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I I think I was just very confused for a moment. Um, The magic circle is on the surface. It's not downstairs in the lair. I thought all of this was downstairs in the lair. It's all on the surface. So you, your your servants are out here. Your apprentices are out here as well then. Um, And you would then have seen the mist rising within the confines of the magic circle as the troll presses on the force field. It's gotten quiet, and it seems just to be going in a circle, testing every point on the force field and then stopping and then trying again and then stopping as if it's too stupid to remember that this thing is here. Um, But you see the mist rising in this circle, um, sort of filling it and 
making it difficult to see a little bit. You know, at first it's not that thick, but after a good, like, half an hour, the mist becomes like pea soup, and you can only see the shadow of the troll, or where its hand begins to push against the outside, or against the, you know, inside of the the uh, force field. Do you have any plans, or are you just uh, waiting? I think we're going to wait... Um, yeah, I have no means of contacting the extraplanar creature again. There is a a cry that comes from within, followed by a second, almost harmonizing cry, probably one from each of the two heads of the troll, as the sound reaches a fevered pitch and then splits with the breaking of bone and the splashing of water, although... Within the mist, you can't really see what is happening. You're just hearing the noise coming through. And then the mist begins to evaporate or fade rather quickly. Um, and a few minutes later, there, in the center of the magic circle, is your Yugoloth. Lovely. Um, waiting, standing, staring... Um, there are three types of Yugoloths. Least, lesser, and greater. You have gotten yourself a least Yugoloth. Whatever outer yeah. planar creature has brought this to you has only trusted you or entrusted you with the well, weakest of its minions. It's based on the treasures, right? It, uh, it appraised my library at less than 25,000 gold pieces. Mm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. If my library were worth more than 25,000 gold pieces, I might have gotten a lesser. And only objects of exceedingly great value are guarded by greater Yugoloths. Mm. Um, oh, there is a percent chance that... Or did you... Did we need to roll a success, or are you just giving it to me? Let's see, 10% chance for each level over 7th, so I think there was technically only a 20% chance, although we could keep trying or something. And if it fails, there is a 30% chance that the demon takes a, takes offense and gates in to slay the spellcaster. Oh. Yeah, let me roll my percentage. I didn't read that section. Um, 10% chance per level that the summoner is over 7th. So 8th and ninth. You'd have a 20% like, chance? Yeah, that's pretty shit. But presumably, it doesn't say, like, you can't try again. It doesn't even say what the ritual involved is. So we could just retcon that it takes a number of days as it takes you to roll less than 20%. We're not going to bother rolling um, in this situation. Okay. This There is um, a guiding hand who is helping make this happen. Uh, this is not just a, a random single person trying to get a Yugoloth. This is a Yugoloth who is being um, almost like shoehorned into existence. Okay. So at least Yugoloth is horned and frog-like. 
Um, only the greater ones can fly, right? Correct. AC 17, movement rate 9. Six hit dice, plus five to hit. Three attacks, d4, d10, d10. And a breath weapon of 3d6 damage. Mm-hmm. Immune to charm, hold, sleep, polymorph, and fear spells. 50% chance of being immune to one additional attack. Anyway, your horned frog appears in the mist. It's... Um, coloring is sort of brownish with these bright red veins that flow through it close to the surface, giving it the sort of webbed look across its body. Its horns curl, almost like those of a, a large ram. And when it opens its mouth, you can sort of like see waves of heat coming off of its tongue. I'm trying to figure out, it's got the three attacks. I'm thinking that the D4 is a bite and the D10s are claws. From a frog? Yeah. I'm guess I'm thinking a frog like in shape. I think it's a frog with like eagle talons that deal d10 damage. Oh nice. Okay. Right, because the I wish that they also say size variable, which is super weird. The greater one is large, so I'm assuming it's small or medium. It's gotta be medium sized. It's doing okay. d10 damage. Um the d4 might be a, a butt with its rammed horns. Okay. And then the D10s, I think, are like large claw talons on the frog. Because it's, okay. you know, frog-ish in nature. It's not just a random tree frog with plus horns. It's, yeah. I, I think like the greater one, it's probably got enormous claws mm -hmm. that are disproportionate. Like, mm -hmm. Curled over. Uh, D10 damage. That's like the damage of a two-handed sword. I'm so I'm that's like a two-handed sword, so like it's not going to be the length of a two-handed sword, but maybe five or four <laughs> talons that are like, what, like six, twelve inches long. Mm -hmm. Big whopping talons ready to rip things to pieces. Well, this, my apprentices, is our librarian. Greetings, Devon will say to the uh, to the creature. And uh, welcome to Arcadia. The frog should speak all languages, right? You've summoned me. I serve Devon. Your charge is uh, our library in the crotch. I think we must uh, get you there post haste. I serve your will. Supposedly, they're supposed to remain within 90 yards of the object they've been summoned to protect. So uh, let's uh, let's get him to his uh, mm -hmm. to his charge. Excellent. The journey home is not too dangerous, but you'll notice your frog demon creature seems to suffer in the heat of the day in the hills as it like hops along beside you or crawls along beside you as its um, uh, energy levels dip and 
dip and peek. Um, um, is there a way to make it going more comfortable? Can I perhaps well, fabricate it? Fibian in nature, so the dry heat of these hills with the direct we're, sunlight. We're is, in a uh, swamp. Oh, you mean once we get out of the swamp? Once you get out of the swamp. Once you get to the hills, the environment mm-hmm. is difficult for your monster, and it suffers in its movement. You can see that if you were to, you know, have to fight such a thing out in the hills, you would definitely have um, an advantage in this um, uncomfortable environment for it. But once it gets into a, a cooler, darker place with a little bit of moisture, it should be just fine. All right. Um, yeah. So we rush back to Necrot. We pour water over the frog or something. It begins to overheat. Um, will it speak to me, or is it single-minded in its uh, in its goals? I ask it. You know, can I ask you about where you came from? And. Uh, who your uh, true master is. Oh, before we get there, can I uh, ESP my apprentice's mind before I let them out of the swamp? Yes. Yeah. Which one Just would you chicken. like to ESP? All of them? I think I can do all three. Like I can start ESP and then go from mind to mind to mind and just sort of look at them and gauge whether I can trust them. Right, we made that. Uh, we made a pact going into it that uh, we owed each other secrecy and loyalty. In fact, owed humanity secrecy and loyalty. Mm-hmm. But Moth, uh, right. yeah. Moth is resigned at this point to their duties. She has internalized the idea that if you are not completely perfect with every single one of your abilities and every single one of your spells that terrible terrible things can go wrong and you will die and you can hear the like the repetition of certain words and phrases and images in her mind leading her down the path of complete practice and care and devotion like a, almost an obsession. Yeah, almost an obsession with making sure I'm the sure one that got beat to right. 5 HP and she's traumatized. No, yeah. Not not to be dismissive of uh, such experiences. But she doesn't doesn't strike me as a security risk. Doesn't need to be shoved off the boardwalk and left in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassandra Cassandra is fuming. The newer recruits, Moff did literally nothing. Cassandra doesn't care about Moff in the slightest. Moff is, you know, subordinate to her. Her thoughts rarely dwell on her other than like, you know, I've got to tell her to do that thing or it's nice having a lackey to do my bidding for me. Um, But when she, uh, but when you read her mind, she's focused on a soy who is walking in front of her down the boardwalk. 
Uh-huh. And she's replaying the scene in battle in her mind where she cast magic missile that did a glancing blow against her. And then almost as if out of nowhere, a soy like leapt at the creature from behind with a dagger in two hands and managed to plunge it in the back of the troll. And the sort of like, why didn't I do that? You know, why, why wasn't I brave enough to go up and, and hit it? Well, why didn't Devon ever teach me how to fight hand-to-hand? He teaches her. He teaches her all sorts of fighting. Where did I go wrong? What did I do? Did I make him mad? And it's sort of this... Devon will uh, approach her almost like as if he could read her mind and assure her and, um, and say, a wizard's... Most wizards find their best place is at a step removed from combat it is it is why uh, there there are different types of people in this world and it's, this is why most wizards find it convenient to travel in the company of warriors she nods her head and, as if she understands I, but doesn't yeah. really I uh I say I am I am unusual in that I am my own warrior. Um, perhaps a soy is a bit like me, but that uh, if anything, it might make uh, her and I lesser wizards than a more than than one such as you who can uh, focus their studies and stick to the back lines. Maybe not as reassuring as I meant, but, uh... She stays quiet, but seems to get what you're trying to poke at. And a soy? A soy is sort of exhilarated. She came here, what, like six weeks? No, 12 weeks ago? 14 weeks ago, maybe by now? Uh, in search of some sort of great master and was like hauling bricks around and doing a bunch of bitch work and being taught a few things, you know, chiseling stuff into stone, doing some physical combat. But this, this is, you know, bringing a troll back from the dead. This is a life and death battle where her instructor was on the verge of collapse, maybe, or maybe she he totally had it together. <laughs> she can't quite tell if you're amazing or just lucky. Um there's some sort of otherworldly contact that's happening. There's a weird demon frog here that master's communicating with. Like, this is definitely the right choice of a place to learn. Um, She is seemingly not bothered by the dark arts in the slightest and is just more um, filled with wonder and like a desire to do what you do, have what you have, be able to control what you control. All right, and our little frog creature. Does he? Uh, would he answer my questions, or is he like? Uh, yes. What did you I, so, ask again? So I know he can speak all languages, but I don't know if he will actually communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was asking him if he could tell me uh, about where he came from and about who his true master is.
Were you created by Drexel? I have been summoned by many. I like his voice. I have been summoned by the one you call Drexel. And I have died at his hands. I have been summoned again. The same place. Are you the same man? No. I don't think so. I am Devon. Didn't you say so yourself? Yes. Mm. Mm. Alright, well. Do you have any more questions for the frog? He seems like an interesting uh, character. See if I can get more information out of him over the years or whatever, but... uh, Mm -hmm. Let's get him to his new home. Okay. You can hippity hop all your way back to the barbershop and make your way home. Um, this is normally our relative ending point, but my schedule is pretty open. I don't know what you've got going. Do we want to wrap up here, which is a, a nice ending point, or do you want to continue to delve into uh, um, monsters and magic and summoning? Um... We could go a little late. I I think she's getting ready for a nap, so I might try to strap her in and see if she'll sleep on me. But if you like, we can go a little long. So maybe let's do like a quick break. Sure. And come back for a mini segment. Yeah, let's do it. Wrap wrap things up. We'll be back in a few minutes for a few minutes. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dicing with Death. All the best jokes happen in the breaks. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just offensive accents. <laughs> They're only offensive if they hear them. Um, probably not the right way to go about that. But anyway. It's anyway. all right. We were just making fun of Germans, so it's uh, so it's not racist. Scandinavians, not Germans. Same, right? same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> there we go all right uh back to D for a little wrap up mm-hmm. so we return to necrot a little uh or worse for the wear harrowed from our journey but with a new companion a librarian for our growing wizard tower It is a sight to behold. People immediately begin shouting for each other as the exhausted frog hippity hops across the red hills into Necrot. Um, Dusty, weary from the the journey, but it's got horns. It's got talons. It's got these like bright red veins running across it. Occasionally, when someone gets a little bit too close, it'll belch like a small moat of flame in front of its face, face just like a you know a mildly threatening "keep your fucking distance from me" human mm. uh, burp. 
I hadn't uh, thought to uh, show him off, but uh, it appears that a parade is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Crowds gather. Yes. This uh, and, mm-hmm. Devon will announce that uh, this visiting extraplanar dignitary is uh, the new librarian for the uh, Great Wizard Tower of Necrot. If you uh, if you keep a book past due or uh, return it with dog-eared pages, he'll, he'll eat your soul. <laughs> <laughs> People didn't even realize they could check out books from the library. And now they know. Knowing is half the battle. So they will uh, give the frog a wide berth, let you guys all come into town. There's been no major developments, just that the in the last like 15, 16 weeks that we've gone through today, that silver mine that the dwarves are working on seems to be not like a hundred percent operational, but most of the infrastructure is built, and there are some attempts at uh, active extraction and hauling some goods around. The first shipment of silver, which is expected to be a much lower shipment than when everything's up at full production, has arrived. Your mother-in-law is working on new coin designs for the silver coins. And decide what was supposed to be on them? No, she has an idea, but she just wanted to see if you had any ideas first. You know, if you don't, then she'll use her idea. That sounds like a trap. What was her idea? Shh. Well, what, what did you want, Devon? Well, I already picked the copper. What was on the gold? Did we have gold? You don't have gold yet. You just got coppers. Hmm. So I tell her that I had picked the copper. Hmm. Um, is this your way as a DM of saying you hadn't, you didn't actually have an idea? But no, it was my way of buying time until I had an idea, which I've mm. bought my time already. Um, so if you have none, then she will tell hey. you that oh. one side we ought to be a tower for the wizard tower that has provided all of this metal and is sort of the center of Necrot now. And on the reverse will be a Quanot. Um, for the waters that feed us, that allow us to survive in these des- uh, dusty, deserty hills. And she Perhaps also likes the float. symmetry of, you know, one comes out of the ground and one goes into the ground. And they kind of like. Perhaps the uh, flowing from the Quanat will be a serpent. Serpentine River. Homage she will. Platos, who. Uh... Yeah. yeah. She'll add a, a serpent to the design, get it off to a. Um, oh, what do you call the person who makes the die? A caster? A metaller? I guess to Heifer. Still be a smith, right? Yeah. She gets the design off to Heifer to yeah, work it out. Yeah, this kind of thing might be beneath him, but uh, I guess like coming up with the initial design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, someone needs to make a couple of die casts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably done in a very hard type of metal, probably like iron or something or steel. Mm-hmm. Some Definitely something harder than the silver that you'll be pounding it into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they'll make some casts. They'll get some silver coinage being developed. You will be brought the first samples in a week or so when they're ready. And... Other than that, Necrot seems to be in a state of boom. The population is up. The um, 
roads in town are being modified. There's been a lot of, uh, there's been some more water, there's been more population, the roads were beginning to, like, slant as erosion occurred, and so Akitos, now that his, most of his work is done in the, in the cave of the Quanat, has taken to propping up some of the roads, making some retaining walls, maybe adding some bricks in places where just pure dirt won't do. Uh, his kids are working alongside of him to create like reed barriers that will act for these retaining walls. And um, industry is a booming. Visitors are a plenty. You're sort of developing the inner circle of Necrot, which are the older families, the people who have been here for generations, and then like the newer people live downriver of all of this stuff. So the town isn't like growing circular out, it's kind of growing down the um, hillside, down the okay. riverside. And I think the bigger divide will be I mean, between the older families and the new families will be economic. Because yes. the families that were here when we broke ground at the mine were granted I don't the silver mine is actually different. The silver mine is off afar, so we'll probably have more direct well, we'll control almost all of that, except for maybe the dwarves that moved out there to work it. Mm-hmm. But the copper, because we were like seizing lands and using the crop resources and it's like right there, mm-hmm. we granted the citizenry at the time a share of the uh, of the cop of the coins that we mint, mm-hmm. but I think the newer immigrants are not a not a part of that system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will overhear one of the new people walking around through town um, refer to this place as the city of brass, which is a, a new terminology for you hmm. coming through here. You make copper, but brass gets made out of copper, and there's a lot of little seafaring towns and villages all around along the coastline here, and it appears that a great amount of the copper that has been exported from Necrot has been bought up by some of these little seafaring areas and turned into brass for furnishings and um, fittings on their ships. And so, at least for some of these people, this is the city from which the brass comes, or the city of brass. Which is, you know, city. It's kind of a big word. That's, uh, what are the origins of City of Brass? Is that from Magic the Gathering, or is it... No, I think that is 101 uh, Arabian Nights. Yeah. 1001 Arabian Nights? What is it? I think it's 1001 Arabian Nights. Because she tells him a story every night... One thousand one, no, one thousand and one nights. Ah, one thousand and one nights. I don't think they're actually a thousand and one. Oh, but that was the the story. The the... story, right, is that she entertains this person by Mm -hmm. telling him stories. So, yeah. City of Brass is one of those. Yeah, okay. I should have known that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your people come in, your apprentices get back to their houses, their their house, their shared dormitory, and collapse exhausted. It's kind of nice that they're all females, so you don't need to split your dormitory at all. Um, and you can head back to your tower. You can introduce your, your Yugalith to the library 
and they will instantly feel more at home and seem more comfortable in here. They will walk around, take a look at the tablets and stones, the infinite scroll, if that's in here. I don't know if it is. Um, It is, yeah. Those are in, like, a special collection mm -hmm. that I... Mm-hmm. And the tog, the frog's great tongue will like lash out to the other side of the room to grab something and pull it back to it before it like carefully places it on a wall as it goes about, you know, reorganizing things just a little bit here, just a little bit there. Um, it will ask for some level of instruction on who may take things and how you want things to be tracked. I don't think that's important to go into too much detail right now, but a little guidance would be nice for our librarian. Yeah. Um, I will tell him that these possessions are mine and this tower is mine. Mm-hmm. So ultimately he is guarding them from me. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, the apprentices have... Uh, full reign over the uh, over the library okay um, as long as they treat it with respect okay um, I don't expect that uh, anyone else will come calling mm-hmm. um, but if they do uh, don't let them leave with anything without permission first and uh certainly treat looters and uh thieves with uh and uh vandals with uh impunity yes i shall do as you command it croaks the city of brass actually does sound quite pointed archaeological expedition cover a brass vessel that trapped a gin a mummified queen petrified inhabitants lifelike humanoid robots an automata brass horseman robot wow ghost town mm. well so maybe Devon needs to build some robots some elementals Hmm. one uh, we didn't get there and I don't know that we will one thing that I had considered researching was magic jar Mm. um, Mm -hmm. for the purpose of more elemental investigations it seems uh, a bit circuitous but magic jar seems like the only way that you can like displace souls and trap them so in my uh, quest for controlling elementals the thought had occurred to me to like magic jar myself into an elemental, leaving the elemental soul trapped inside of a of a gemstone. Mm-hmm. An interesting way of doing it. That might definitely be necess- That might be a good way of making a golem or yeah. other types of uh, monstrosities. What level is magic jar? Only fifth. Oh, I think at at ninth level, necromancers just go off the charts. Yeah. Right up until then, you're like gimped with these useless abilities, but then fifth level necromancy is magic jar and animate dead. And suddenly you're like, if you uh, don't have moral qualms, you're suddenly the uh, one of the more powerful characters. Mm-hmm. 
well. Maybe the magic jar is what we will do next session. That might be. We still haven't really summoned any uh, elementals, although I do have that power. Mm-hmm. That would have been a fun way to deal with the troll. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, anything else to do? Um. I don't think so. Um. Maybe just bring this one in for a landing. All right. Well, the town, the so-called City of Brass, is up and running. You have new guardians. You have new apprentices. Atropos's apprentice uh, seems to be gone, and she'll probably be looking for a new one if you would like to gift her one of yours in the future. Um, your cleric of Velthara oh, is yeah. bound to be frustrated that the troll's heart is gone. And also, that's sort of a, a lack of... Um, resources for your healing potions, so mm-hmm. that might need some attending in the near future. Oh, actually, oh crap! Yeah, because the way I set it, trollish regeneration requires a two-headed troll, mm-hmm. so I only need to go troll hunting again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but other uh, than that, that, that first troll got his uh, vengeance in blood. Mm. Or might might be proud. Mm-hmm is probably gonna have to be some sort of confrontation with Kronos eventually Um, that amulet around his neck does sort of enhance and foster uh, feelings of grudges and vengeance and retribution so if he is not taken care of in some way those are emotions Kronos is soon to be feeling in spades that might need some attention but not before you get your magic jar spell. Dvon doesn't strike me as the type to actually use magic jar as it's intended, but it seems like you should, as soon as you get it, you should just like take over a giant and become a giant wizard or something. Mm-hmm. Dvon's fairly happy with his actual body. Yes. Well then. I think that will be it for us today. We will be back probably next week, same time. Um, I think you. Uh, I think I've been replaced with Destiny. Yes, I do believe there is a. So we could do Thursday. I've been, I've been fired. Dicing with Death is now diving, dicing with Destiny. Um, there's no Tombs of Scoria next week. Oh, are we doing one on Wednesday and one on Thursday? Oh my god, we might be I've doing been, a double episode next week. I have week. no idea. I've been out of town and out of the loop. I just saw rumblings. I've been out of town and out of the loop as well. Isn't this your, uh, isn't this your channel? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, it's the viewer's channel. You just work here. I just, I just man it. You know, they pay me to do this thing for them. It's really their property. Uh, so maybe we will be back... I don't know. We'll find a time. Soon. Um, I mean, I, I think I could do this time on Thursday or on, let's see, Tuesday is Tides of Death, Monday is your day off. Mm-hmm. Um, we could do a Friday session. We could cancel critical feedback. 
think so. Or we could do both, do like a dicing with death and then do a joint critical feedback or mm -hmm. whatever we're feeling. Yeah, maybe we'll do a thing on Friday, the 2nd July. Uh, the same time is good for you? Uh, yeah, this works best. Yeah. Then I will put it on the calendar for Friday. Cool stuff. Excellent. Thanks for watching, everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's all I have for you guys. There will be some more announcements in the semi near future. Mm. But announcements and announcements, my favorite. Got to remember in control in some way. Uh, and uh, yeah, you got what? Critical feedback tomorrow? Wait, tomorrow's Thursday. No, Tombs of Scoria tomorrow. Tombs of Scoria, and then critical right. feedback on Friday, as well as the Iliad story time. And I think That's... the very last session of Deadly Dungeon, which is going to be Ooh. more of a, um, a post-mortem a... because they, oh, okay. they finished they did it. Actually, they did finish it? They did finish okay. it, yeah. Nice. Have you been watching those? Or I caught the first five or six, and then I've caught like a random one here or there and like half an episode here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but the the timing of this was so that he could run Deadly Dungeon on a time where I have my where I have off, so I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about it. Good stuff. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're well, out then. Yeah. Catch you sometime next week. See you guys later. Bye bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dicing with Death. Yvonne so. tilts his head back over the vent. Extra planar fingers massage his scalp as tendrils of mist waft overhead. He closes his eyes and breathes deep and rolls for insanity. Scintillating colors dance across your face. Um... Your eyes are closed, and yet the colors bleed through the eyes anyway, giving you brightly colored spots. Mm -hmm. You can feel in the pit of your stomach a hunger, a deep hunger for something, something inimical, something, something. Oh, do you want to roll your 20% chance of insanity? Is it just an elemental plane we're reaching out to? Um, it's true. Sure it's not a 65% chance of insanity? Quite certain it's not a 65% chance of insanity. Um, actually, I believe it's a 20% chance here that we've got going on. So we're reaching an inner plane, but I've got 16 intelligence. Is that what you're mm -hmm. thinking? That's what I'm thinking. I don't remember how the grader works, but it Ooh. doesn't matter. All right. Like I, I, if, I, if I rolled a 21 
Earl the Twenty. Anyways, the Greater is inclusive Devon. for some reason. Yeah, Spider-Bond so does not go insane. No, madness does not strike you. Um, and I think he first asks about Atropos. The spell is not as useful as it could be. Like, I feel like it would be more interesting to have, like, a conversation with an extraplanar creature and just, like, let the DM roleplay some strange, mysterious being. Mm-hmm. Which seems to be implied. They're like, the DM, the, ta- the random table is subject to DM changes, development of extraplanar NPC beings, and so on. Mm-hmm. But. Maybe there's a, a higher level version that lets you speak more directly and fluently. Yeah, contact. With, I would almost just think to like if it seems appropriate. Like if you want me to have a conversation with Jexel, we could just have a conversation with Jexel for nine minutes or whatever the duration is. Sorry, Drexel. Uh, but if I'm like if I'm surprising you with a contact other plane, roll on the table. Mm-hmm. It also seems like you got to be really careful with yes or no questions to get anything useful, or you need to ask really leading questions. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I think he first probes into the nature of Atropos. I'm wondering what. I think he wonders, you know, what what is she? But he get. But then he senses that he has contacted this presence. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe? Can you maybe at least fill us in with some like lore just for like? narrative circumstances what is it how does devon feel the presence and what does it feel like um it's that hunger in your stomach oh, okay. is the presence that you feel mm. there's something there out there that it now that you're contacting it or connected with it is manifesting as this like this emptiness right it's right where your stomach is it feel like a hunger for power maybe for knowledge you know at the moment it just feels like starvation of food but in the context you might you might be able to recontextualize it as hunger for power or hunger for knowledge because you're in this state of contact but it manifests itself as like an actual um, I haven't eaten in days hunger mm-hmm. it feels more physical than mental even if it's even if it's probably like a mental hunger it has psychosomatic manifestations so wondering about Devon's nature, he will, or sorry, about uh, Atropos's nature, Devon will ask, uh, is Atropos mortal? Great question. You don't need a riddle. You just need a. I think it's just a one-word answer. Mm-hmm. No. Was she summoned here? No. And when you hear these voices, maybe it's because you're asking about her, or maybe it's because their her hand is scratching away at the back of your head. Was that her these... hand? I was under the impression it was the mists. 
Well, her hands I mean, I'm, in I'm the mists. The voice comes yeah. to you in her cooing voice. It comes, no, no. Is it her that I'm contacting? Um, and then I switch gears because I believe I have two more questions. Um, I don't know that the word Yugaloth is one that Deban knows yet, but he, in seeing his power rising and now in having these apprentices and other people, his mother-in-law mm-hmm. poking around his business, mm-hmm. he needs a guardian, a librarian. Um, and this contact with their plane is not necessarily in the common tongue. In fact, it almost certainly is not, right? It's a communication that transcends language, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Yugaloth is probably the word that comes out when uh, Devon asks, uh, will you lend me the service of a Yugaloth guardian for my library? Yes. Not even a maybe. Happily. Oh, two words. Uh oh. Is the magic circle in the brackish then the place to go to complete this transaction? Wow, such a positive With interaction. A vessel. Oh. One with two heads. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. All right. That was a lot of information, but uh, here we go. And I think that's it. I get two questions, or one question per two levels of experience. I'm level nine, so I get four and a half questions. That's probably why I got all that extra information at the end. Mm-hmm. Extra half question. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can feel the hand, those fingers that are running along your scalp in that sort of pleasant way that a, a lover might run their hands through your head, but you know they're like creepy long yeah, fingernails. Yeah, it starts pleasant things. and then I realize it's happening. It's like you're that's a bit of a trope in like movies you're like dreaming of making out with some beautiful person and you, and you wake, wake up, up and it's your dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in this situation the hand goes from like gently rubbing through your hair to like gripping you by the hair at the scalp and pulling your head back from oh. the the crevice. It becomes a little bit yeah. more um, rough. <clears throat> and I mean, as yeah, I passed out over a crevice inhaling these fumes. I was probably gonna yeah. die of oxygen deprivation or whatever uh-huh. and as you come to lucidity you can see the stars are out you must have fallen asleep or that process took hours instead of minutes um, but you you come to once again in Atropos's cave her apprentice is curled up in the apprentice spot um, the sheepskin over her to keep her warm mm-hmm Atropos is near the front of the cave, sitting cross-legged, just inches from the exit, staring up blindly into the sky. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Vaughn rolls first to a seated position on the ground. Hmm. How long was I out? Many hours. Where's the apprentice? She's curled up at the back of the cave in the mm-hmm. designated apprentice sleeping spot, <laughs> as far away from Atropos's sleeping spot as she will allow you. Hmm. <laughs> Well, that was insightful. Good, good. I want you to succeed. I want you to grow. I have put much time and effort into you, Devon. You will not fail me like the ones who came before you. There were others. Many others. I don't think I've heard you speak of the other apprentices before. It is not worth the time to dwell on the failures of the past. We must look forward. We must yearn for what is to come. Do you need a place to rest for the night? The cave gets so cold in the summer nights. Actually feeling plenty well rested. I feel I've accepted enough of your hospitality. If you ever need a warm bed, mine is always welcome, Devon. I have a wife now. Uh, Is the staircase still intact? It is. Devon walks down the staircase into the uh, into the night, and we'll begin the search for a two-headed creature in the Red Hills, um, mm. which will probably wind up being a wandering for some weeks. Maybe making non-proficient hunters checks or something. Um, if I can find something, that would be ideal but I have a plan B if this is a disappointment. So. There's not a lot of two-headed things just cruising around. There might be another two-headed troll back in that brackish fen. That's Um, my plan B. In fact, fact, I've got a two-headed troll heart spewing out a blood fountain. I could grow myself into a troll. I don't think you can multiply them, right? Mm -mm. You can't like split a troll in half and get two trolls. They're not like worms, no. No. Although I like I don't the concept. Think, I don't think worms do that either. I think if you best case scenario, one, one half becomes a worm, the other half just dies. But I thought you could cut earthworms in half and they'd form two I, full earthworms. I think that's, that something, that's something that sick people who cut earthworms in half like to tell themselves. Well, I've never. Okay, first off, I've never cut an earthworm in half intentionally. When gardening no. with a shovel, I probably killed a I few think earthworms. It's, but... it's something that people who cut earthworms in half unintentionally with garden shovels tell themselves to feel better about murdering a, a worm. God. Because they do have organs. They're not like. Yeah. If an earthworm splits in two, it will not become two worms. The head of the worm may survive and regenerate its tail if it was cut behind the blah, blah, blah. Well, you're right. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. goes my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they continue wriggling for a little while. I think that's what people think. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. wriggling. It's fine. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So Devon wanders into the night, hoping that he will stumble. I mean, there was that two-headed lion in like the very first episode. I think that's what he's initially hoping. So he's going to spend some time wandering around the Red Hills, hoping to find a two-headed lion. Well, you haven't and seen one since that day. No. So he will take some time to convince himself that uh, no such thing exists. And upon failing, will go and grow himself a two-headed troll. Okay. Um, folklore. I have animal handling. That's my shepherd bee stuff. Do you know where you buried the two-headed lion? Hmm. Um. Ish. I think it was somewhere around one of these hexes. Oh. One of those three hexes. Hmm. But uh, I couldn't even find it shortly after, right? Okay. Like that was like my first first adventure and I like stashed the body hoping to like return for it and I was never quite able to find it but that's I the direction I will, I will head yeah Hi. Hi. oh yeah Are you talking do you want to play D&D yeah <laughs> I may need to free the beast soon okay ah uh, um so what is there any chance or uh, there is always a chance Mm -hmm. what would you like should we do hunting or something like that or tracking one of Mm. one of these skills that with no proficiency yeah yeah why don't you give me a um an animal lore check Okay, I do not have that. Folklore and animal handling. Um, what's, what, is, what stat does that cue off of? Is it wisdom? Or is it intelligence? Uh, animal handling. No, animal, animal lore. lore. Intelligence. No modifier. All right. All right. So divided by two, right? Mm-hmm. So d20 plus eight. Uh, no, no. Rock. yeah you know literally nothing about two-headed lions other than that one random one that you found which seemed an impossibility out here yeah um it might have had some sort of meaning but seems to have been lost at this point in time how much time does devon waste out here wandering the hills i think it's your journey back home to necrot where you're thinking i don't deeply. go to oh that night you you don't head to necrot you had no i think i s- I think I want, I think, I mean, I just passed out for a few hours. So I think mm-hmm. I searched through the night, maybe nap in the daytime or something, or nap towards the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Wake up again at dawn, keep walking. And I plan on wandering the Red Hills for days or something. And when I give up, I will go to Kronos's cave and retrieve the, uh, the troll heart. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, so I think it's that night that you first walk out into the Red Hills looking around and you can't and all the things that you've learned since you killed that two-headed lion nothing has even remotely hinted at two-headed creatures out here I mean there's that two-headed troll um, but everything else has been fairly normal fairly ordinary the cockatrices were clearly summoned by the gorgon 
Um, all the other monsters seem to have some sort of appropriate origin. The two-headed lion eludes you as a mystery to how it could have been brought into existence, uh, and therefore you wouldn't know where to begin to look for a second one. Same um, place I found the first one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, Did you want to maybe make another check of a different kind to see if you can find the first one, or are you happy to give up on that oh. and just go for the troll? I don't think a carcass is going to work, is it? Yeah, Doesn't maybe. Seem like an appropriate sacrifice. It'd be more like a. You wouldn't want like a rotting two-headed lion as your guardian. Maybe like a skeleton. Yeah, maybe that's not a great guardian. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Yugoloth has a pretty specific description. I think it's going to get teleported in from another plane. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I will eventually make wander my way to Kronos's cave. Okay. You can make your way to Kronos's cave some days later. Probably not that long. <clears throat> and there is the giant before you, the cleric of Velthar, a goddess of vengeance. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh oh. I think it's snack time for the little one. Okay. Well, you know what? We're right on uh, the hour, so we'll take a break here, and when we come back, we'll deal with the we'll deal with Devon snack time. spending a nice relaxing time researching new spells Devan is summoned to shelter bay it seems the harvesting of lumber in a nearby forest has disturbed something something that leaves messages with body parts of unfortunate woodcutters his interest is piqued so Devan decides to go investigate he makes the journey with his apprentice Cassandra but when he reaches the site where the bodies were found, they find no trace of them. They investigate and detect magic coming from a nearby pool. Reluctant to enter the murky water, Devan instead decides to magically scout the surrounding woods, hoping to find some other clue. When he does, he spots a group of people wearing crude furs and decides to question them. The meeting is off to a rough start, with the wild folk claiming Shouter Bay people raided them and the killings were retaliation, even though they were under the protection of Orphea, Plato's elder sister. Devan manages to win them over and even gets an audience with Orphea, Orphea attempts to convince Devan to turn his back on Plato's and accept her. He refused and returns to Shelter Bay. He informs them about the serpent in the woods and recommends they build a shrine and honour her. Will the serpent rivalry heat up? Did Devan make the right choice sticking with Plato's? Will Devan ever get a personal carriage? 
Let's find out now on Dicing with Death. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dicing with Death. Hello. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Neil is conjuring his supernatural lighting. Yeah. I thought I could just use... Unnatural lighting. Yeah. I mean, technically... This electricity comes from wind power, which is generated by the power of the sun, essentially. So, not natural. Okay, it's an abomination. still unnatural light. Okay, all right. I tried. Best. So, what's up? Um, let's see. Not much. Took the cat in today to the vet. Mm, took the cat in for a tune-up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got himself a new tail. Uh, you know, <laughs> trimmed the claws. Check the heart. Wow. This mm-hmm. cat's got better health care than I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too, buddy. <laughs> uh, went shopping. Got loads. Oh, my God. In years. Wow. Yeah. Yep. What, do you need, what do you need new clothes for? For the wife. Likes me to look pretty for her. Uh um what about this is all below the camera um yeah i don't show you the good stuff went on vacation for the first time in a while oh yeah hawaii how was the island shine uh beautiful all the weather's pretty nice in the northwest this time of year so beautiful all around excellent did you take the little one with you? No, we had her wash the house while we were gone. Okay, just put her in the kennel for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone had to water the plants. Got it, got it. Uh, yeah, she, she came with. She managed Both the free, plane, okay. Getting those uh, free flights while she's still still little. Nice. Uh, all things considered, pretty good, actually. Only about 20 minutes of screaming. Nice. Which, uh, for us, five-hour flight is uh, not bad. Yeah, it's so, pretty good. Good work, that's little one. One thirtieth the time. Yeah, twenty nine out of thirty percent uh, useful. Yeah, she's got some teeth coming in, and being a winter baby is confused by the heat. So it's oh, been a yeah. fussy couple of weeks. But mm. well, uh, shall we hop into play here? We've just yeah. heard our fantastic recap. We know where we are, what's going on. We've <clears throat> chatted with the other snake woman near Shelter Bay, but now that place is underway. And uh, he's helped out a little bit with some of the splitting of the earth. So, yeah, I was going to say, there's an earthquake helping out. Let's hope so. Let's hope yeah. it's just not damaging the structure under which the town will be built. Hmm. Oh. Um, yeah. I wonder if it's confusing that we do a recap and then we do our banter. Have we? We've, I'm sure we've experimented with various iterations, right? Like um, intro, recap, recap, intro, pre-show, <laughs> recap, intro, show, recap, pre-banter. We haven't done for that ten one minutes yet. and then get derailed on some tangent. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's we'll enough fix it in of a... post, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely fix this one in post. 
Um, but now that we've tried our new experimental way of opening up the show, where do we start? Uh, where we typically do in Necrot, rising bastion of civilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once a virtually nameless village here in the hills uh, is rapidly growing mm-hmm. and rising as spires from above the Red Hills, beginning with Devon's tower. Yes. And I imagine eventually uh, Devon will make towers for uh, others, maybe even ri- raise this whole uh, hillside into mountains looking out over the the island. Ooh, um, fun. Have you thought at all about what we're doing today? I did. Last okay. time we played. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I may have made some notes. Okay. I have a couple ideas, but I was curious if and what you'd prepped and where you wanted to take this. I assume it's there. <laughs> Got nice little cover art on my little notebook. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. How much did you have to pay for that? Uh, nothing. It comes free with the wife. Oh, she no. did? I was assuming you did it. Oh, oh no. Okay. No. I don't have a good hand for doodles. She's actually a surprisingly good visual artist when it comes to painting or drawing or in and Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I have for us you wanted to summon an Ugaloth. Oh, I think is where we left. Spoilers. Off. I don't know if I used. I don't know if I spoke that word to uh, to chat, but oh. uh, yeah, to just like lift the veil or like, yeah, that's the that's the out of character plan. I don't know how Devon's thinking is on this, but uh, yeah, go to Drexel's workshop and summon an Ugaloth to serve as librarian for his uh, growing wizard tower. Excellent. Um, uh, and in that vein, I think I might snag a contact other plane spell. Mm-hmm. Although there are maybe other routes, I don't know if it will be necessary for these ends, but could be interesting. Oh, my Yugoloth page just tore out of my binder. Oh, damn! You got a floating? You got a binder? Well, I've spiraled just bound it. Oh, did it start as just a regular monster's manual that fell apart? It was starting to fall apart, and so I put it into one of these spiral bounders, but, like, went to, like, the FedEx store or something to do it, and uh, let's just say they don't do the greatest of jobs. I handed them a bunch of books, and now many of the books are just, like... Like, this page was never even fully properly clipped. It was only ever being held in by the very bottom of it. So if you're going to spiral bind your things... You know, go to someone who actually knows what they're doing, not the local FedEx or UPS or Kinko's or whatever the fuck they're called these days. Do shit jobs. Anyway, ranting over. Um, you're going to need a um, contact other plane spell. Yes. 
level Which... is that? Yeah, fifth. I can research it. I don't know if I need it, but uh reading this. Do we know what level uh Kronos is? The cleric of Belthara? It's been a while since we've checked in with him. So he's probably much higher level by now. Somewhere in the three to five range, I oh, would actually, expect. Actually, there's a fourth level wizard spell. So I don't want to spend too much time metagaming this. But with Contact with the Planes, there's like the chance of insanity, which is fun. We can roleplay that. The 1% per plane chance of dying unless a remove curse spell is cast. Mm. is seems uh campaign ending in an unfun way uh-huh that said chronos if he is at least fifth level can cast remove curse it's a fourth level wizard spell which i could research and write as a scroll for for your apprentice to cast for my apprentice to cast um so i don't one of those we can metagame just so in case uh devon yeah. goes insane there's a uh there's a parachute. Yeah, I guess I think when you research contact other plane, you'll realize the consequences of contacting other planes. So I don't think it even becomes a metagame issue at that point. It becomes so a... Okay, so perhaps know. then Devon will also research remove curse mm -hmm. in the process of contact other planes. I have uh, checked Kronos's level and he is unfortunately not fifth. He is fourth. Seriously. Yeah, I will. Yeah. The, uh, the chosen cleric of Belfara is fourth level. Although that said, what is the maximum level for a giant? <laughs> right? And he started at first level as a okay. cleric. So it's, you know, he's getting there. It's only been a year. He doesn't do a lot of adventuring. Yeah. Um, and my apprentice will be doing some spell research of her own. Eventually, if we feel like it, we could do some math to like calculate her experience and her level. Oh. But I had some ideas to uh, charge some spells to charge the staff, my elemental pike. And I was thinking to, uh, among other things, give it charges of the uh, four elemental um, handsy spells. I'm sure there's a better word, hands. So, uh, oh, Fist like of Stone. Oh, okay, never mind. Fist of Stone, Burning Hands. I'm going to reinterpret Chill Touch as a water spell, and then we need to research an air version. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like I have Fist of Stone... Maybe I will do the inventing of the air version, mm -hmm. which means Apprentice is going to be set to researching Burning Hands and Chill Touch. Okay. And Fire there will... Up. You're fine. And there will perhaps be... Actually, what is... Can she learn more spells? Yeah. She might not actually be able to. Six max spells per level? What a dumb wizard. Do I need more apprentices? Is that what her int is? Yeah. Are we considering Koibu spells beyond uh, above and beyond this? 
uh, we can consider any spells that she researches above and beyond the base. So typically, if you if you research a spell that already exists, you don't get you don't get any. Or it doesn't alleviate the spell limit. That's an optional rule. Max spells per level are or the yeah uh, no the researching spells to exceed max spells per level is an optional rule in the DMG. I don't think so. I think like research researching new spells, but it's not like you can just research magic missile to uh, bypass the uh, spell per level requirement. I've seen you like house rule that that is acceptable. Maybe the maybe so. I feel like that seems like a reasonable route if you want to increase your power level and but you ha you have a book of spells in front of you and you can't learn them anymore but if you take the time to research them that's a lot of time sink that's a lot of um wealth sink and it requires certain facilities so i i'm comfortable allowing those rules <laughs> some interesting animals let's see magic Spell research. Yeah, the optional rule says what I was saying. The DM should allow only those new spells that the player himself has created. Ah. Uh, except this apprentice is female, so... Uh, doesn't say anything about what the NPC herself creates, so perhaps we can use different She's rules. exempt from the rules. The rules specifically limit male wizards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, so when I, I like that you've created new spells. One problem is that creating new spells means that, like, it almost increases the limitations mm -hmm. on, like, spells per level. For example, mm -hmm. my apprentice has... Two versions of Hold Portal, the original one and the one that you created. And then mm -hmm. she also has Extinguish and Reveal Doors, which are new spells. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Spell research must be new and original. This forces players to be creative and involved. Beyond these restrictions, there's no limit to the number of spells a character can research at a given level. Okay. Yeah. It also calls out like if you fail to learn fireball, you can't then research a fireball spell or a like fireball, but it does d4 instead of d6 spell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alrighty then. So how, how do you want to handle this? Um, I am pretty flexible. I don't really care. If you want to say that Koivu spells don't count against, like, they can be researched um, without counting against the limit, I, I'm happy to roll with that. But I don't see them as really being substantially different than um, raw spells. I suppose not. Um, and to write a scroll, it needs to be a spell you know, correct? You like, can't make scrolls for spells that you don't have in your spell book? Correct. You must have learned the spell in order to make a scroll of it because you essentially have to cast it through the scroll process well i guess i'm interviewing a new apprentice then all right 
So if you're interviewing a new apprentice, are you looking for a brand new first level apprentice? Or are you going to go find like a, a third level apprentice lying around somewhere? Um, whichever is easier. I need a repository for uh, spell slots mm. for spell learning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I think a new apprentice I think will, is the I, easiest I think a, to get. For a start now, I think we'll put out the uh, the call. If it hasn't already been uh, been working its way through the rumor mill naturally, I think we will explicitly put out rumors that uh, Necrot is the home to a great and powerful wizard. Mm-hmm. And uh, magically inclined uh, individuals should uh, seek out Necrot for further training. Great. Uh, do you have an application for them to fill out that you cannot respond to? <laughs> what oh, is our uh, too, interview too process close to home. Like? <laughs> I should invent a spell that lets them uh, send messages into the void to uh, not be received by anyone, but... <laughs> give them some sense of accomplishment and filling out. You did something, buddy. Good job filling out this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, that position was filled weeks ago and we just forgot to take it down. Mm-hmm. It's on auto-renew. Sorry. This position doesn't actually exist. We're outsourcing this to a uh, to a spellcaster on the elemental plane of air. But we just needed to show the local government that there wasn't a uh, supply of apprentices nearby that met our requirements. <laughs> So that we could get approval to uh, pay this uh, air genasi below minimum wage. Oh my god. Um, so. Wow. Um, I think this will be kind of on the back burner. We'll see if apprentices show up. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm surprised that uh, in, in all of AD&D's weirdness, I'm surprised there isn't anything about this in the rule books. Like this seems like it should be the wizard equivalent of followers. Absolutely. Right, is to getting apprentices. Yeah. Right, so instead of getting a hundred level zero soldiers, you should get like a level one apprentice or something like that at mm-hmm. level nine. Or you or start like, getting apprentices, like at level nine you get one apprentice, then at level ten, like two more possibly show up or something, or each mm-hmm. level beyond nine you get an apprentice. There should be some sort of mechanized provided you build a wizard tower right um or a but, wizard pit one or the other yeah but devon will also maybe he can, he can set cassandra to trying to research the spell and if she fails he'll do it um an air version of of the uh of the elemental fists the four elemental fists right um so i guess shocking grasps grasp maybe Ooh, shocking grass fun. could absolutely be air elemental. That is hundred percent. Yeah. I feel much better about that than doing chill touch as a water spell. Really? Yeah. I don't really. Well, because water and cold are not even slightly related. But like ice is as much water as yeah. I mean, but so is liquid is... helium. Like that's cold. Yeah. You just described cold water as being related to cold, and it has nothing to do with the different, water property. A different phase of water. Right, so you could very much rebrand a chill touch as, like, icy touch, and then it feels like it'd be a water spell. I guess. Right, instead instead of sucking the life force, if it just, like, applies cold. 
Mm -hmm. An icy um, touch. I guess Jaina is a water mage, isn't she? Something or, like that. Um, what's her face? Crystal Maiden is a, a water elemental, but all her stuff does come in like cold. Yes. Be interesting to have like a water mage who uses boiling water and steam as their source right. of power. Um, yeah. All right. All right. If you um, want to do chill touch, as I don't know. Icy could, this touch. is this is a few levels down the line, right? I need enchant an item to be able to charge the staff. Mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to have the spells ready to charge it when I get there and sort of share some of these plans. Okay. Um, I was imagining a different air fist, like a what did I what did I call it? Uh, gale fist or something like that. Doing like a it would be like a knockback type attack. Mm. Mm. So it would like be like a ten foot reach touch attack type spell that like that pushes back the victim five uh -huh. feet and they make a save or fall over or something like that. Right, save or spell or be knocked back mm -hmm. X number yeah. of feet, five feet per level or something. Oh, that's yeah. further than I was expecting, but yeah. Something like that. I assume, because if burning hands can do D3 plus two per level, then there should yeah. be some scale on it and... Fist of Stone is pretty static, but its duration goes up with time, and Shocking Grass damage goes up with time as well, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll put this, uh, the, these four elemental fists on the back burner and uh, research our contact of the planes, though. Okay. And put out the word that uh, Devon's Tower in Necrot is the pillar of wizardry on bravo are there is is that true or is this propaganda are there other are there other wizards there withered wizards in hearth home probably in hearth home there are other wizards there might be the occasional like witch or warlock or something cruising around in the hills here someone who is non who's like maybe sorcerer is a better word for it um people who have innate magical abilities that are poorly understood and not well controlled. All the wizards or proper mages from this region would have been trained by Atropos and for the time being it's pretty much just you and I think she has a new apprentice now that you're gone. Yeah, I figured Atropos was more of a witch. She is more of a witch but she is sort of like a, a teacher that you can learn from. Yeah. Which is even the appropriate term for her. She is a, a thing. Which might be the right term. A fate, a witch, a... Mm -hmm. A hag. Um, a Maya, a hag, something. Yeah. All right, well, let's... Uh, since we are sort of in a, a state of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, mm -hmm. bouncing around, let's just create a couple of apprentice opportunities that okay. could have uh, shown up. So the first one is a soy, E-S-O-I. Let me randomize some information about them. And then you can interview I don't know, a couple of these suckers. They're all hired. <laughs> all your spellbooks are mine. <laughs> right. Uh, four foot nine inches, 88 pound human female, 17 years old. Woo. She is tiny. 
is maybe she just hasn't hit puberty and she's still gonna growth spurt or is she teeny tiny um i think she's just teeny tiny you know maybe that's what she keeps wishing to herself she hasn't like really grown vertically or horizontally in any way and she's like Mm -hmm. well one day i'm gonna i'm gonna spurt up but but in actuality she's a small person um, Alas, I'm learning the limits of the uh, spells per level. Otherwise, I would teach you uh, enlarge. <laughs> but I can enlarge her. Um, I'll make you an enlarged scroll. How about that? All right. Oh. All right, let me roll some stats for her. One, two, three, four, five. I another five, 12 into Prentice. Seven. Dex. Ooh, six con. 16 int. There we go. 11 wisdom. 8 charisma. 12 perception. 15 dex as well. Nice. That's almost in the realm of being a specialist. I think you can specialize with 15 dex in. Illusion? Something? It might be illusion. Um, She's as dexterous and intelligent as Devon. I think the, uh... Abjuration. Okay. If she'd like, she can specialize. Um, I think Devon will train her in his monkey ways. And her name sounded kind of monkey, too. Uh, Asoy, yes. She is young, she is short, uh, and she is sarcastic. She's sort of like uh, eye-rolling, making off comments all the time. She sounds uh, perfect. Did she show up to the? Uh, did she just show up to the tower one day, or how, how does all this work? Uh, she shows up in yeah. town one day, mm-hmm. and it is your mother-in-law who she ends up talking to. Um, Asoy is out here looking for the great Devon, and stumbles across your mother-in-law, or seeks her out, but plays it off as if she stumbles across her. You'll probably never know which one. And yeah, just starts, you know, making some sarcastic comments about, you know, that tower is Devon compensating for something. And the mother-in-law's like, bitch, that is my son-in-law. He's going to be ruling this area. My face is on the coinage. What are you <laughs> saying? And she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I just heard such great things about him. And, you know, um, yeah. I could learn something from him. You know, if he's got the time. I know he's so busy. Is, uh... Is this after we've sent out our uh, propagandists to recruit? Yes. Uh, okay, so she's coming in response to our. Yeah, either that or exactly a hell a of a coincidence. Is... Okay. Yeah. Um, I think at this time Devon is deep in the research of uh, deep in his interplanar research, so he mm. probably is in is at the tower. Mm, okay. Along with uh, Cassandra. There should be rules for assistance in spell research. I feel like even a level one apprentice, like delivering you books and coffee, oh. should improve your research time. Oh. If you have an apprentice who knows how to brew a good cup of coffee, you can take off one week from your spell research time. But if it's not a good cup of coffee, then you can only take off three days. They know how to make double shot espressos, then you can take off nine days. 
playing too much Prosperous Universe, coffee is legitimately a um, efficiency amplifier for all of your production facilities. You have enough. Cassandra of it. does not have any proficiencies. I'm going to add uh, paper making to Cassandra's because she was working on that. Mm hmm. And coffee brewing. All right. Is she the coffee brewer, or does or does she, has she not learned it yet? And a soy becomes the coffee brewer. I think it's a soy becomes the coffee brewer. Okay, so Cassandra's got paper making, and the soy will work on uh, coffee brewing at some point. Mm -hmm. So, do does uh, Devon's mother-in-law bring? Yes, a soy she, to the tower. She brings the sarcastic little brat to the tower. And says, tells you that this young lady was asking about you, thought that she might be able to learn something from you. <clears throat> Had to teach her to show a little respect, but she seems eager and sharp. Devon hmm. looks up from his studies. There are a few books. There's probably Cassandra has probably got a paper making operation, maybe like on a shack behind the tower or like mm -hmm. off to the side of it. Um, so there are a few papers and a lot of like stone tablets, um, maybe some metal tablets as well. Um, how tall is the tower at this point in time? I think maybe about three stories. Is that mm -hmm. that's probably as far as we described it getting? Mm -hmm. I think the top story was that like gem encrusted room. That's probably that's probably the research laboratory, right? But maybe the library is separate. Certainly. You wouldn't want your research space in the same place as your library in case your research goes awry and there's fire. Yeah. Um, so I think you keep the library on one floor and then you have a dedicated research experimentation floor that mm -hmm. can be bombed and recreated if need be. It's not the research lab. And this probably all evolves with time as Devon like extrudes more earth and refabricates the tower. But for now, I think there's like a gem encrusted third story that is like a lookout. And the first story entranceway. And the middle story is probably a bunch is probably the tower. There's probably the library where Devon is. So his mother-in-law brings a soy up the staircase to the middle floor. I don't know how many notes you want to take because as non-committal as I am, I'm probably going to be uh fabricating and refabricating this tower. Totally. I just wanted Adding. some notes so I can riff off it on my own time. Yeah. yeah. Right, and then there is also a basement connect to the connection to like the tunnels beneath to the Quanot and then tunneling over towards Plotos's caverns. That may be where the where the dangerous research goes. And the top secret research, we probably head into the into the Fen, or we will head into the Fen, Drexel's lab. Absolutely. All right, Devon sizes up this uh, little mage. Ah, so you want to be, a, so you want to be a wizard. Yes. What makes you think you can do it? What makes you think you have what it takes? Well, I'm the smartest person in my village at age 15. Now that I'm age 17, I'm probably the smartest person in 10 villages. 
Um, let's see. What else qualifies me to be your assistant? I mean, I think the real question is what qualifies you to be my teacher, but I think you made this place out of your own two hands, so that's probably a good enough qualifications. You seem like you're, you're suited and has a proper pedig pedigree to teach me. Um, I, you know, I'm taking applications, and I'll consider my options once I, you know, have all the various potential um, instructors at Devon, hand. Devon leans back and uh, raises an eyebrow. Though I, though I am uh, skilled with my hands, it is a impractical wizard that crafts manually. Hmm. Mm-hmm. When I say with your hands, I meant out of the sweat of your, your labor. Um, I didn't actually expect you to make this with your hands. I mean, if you actually had built this by hand, like brick on brick or, you know, however this gets done, uh, you probably wouldn't be the person I'm looking for. I'm looking for a great mage. I have a lot of potential and, um, you know, you don't want to fill that potential up with shitty teaching. It's the last mm. thing you want to do. So here I am looking right, for right. a worthy instructor. I know all about filling up apprentices with shitty teaching. Last one got two copies of Hold Portal. <laughs> I don't say that. Hmm. <laughs> but my player does. <laughs> hmm. Well. I'm a hard you, say you, have other pro you say you have other uh, prospects, other opportunities. Perhaps come back when you realize that this is the... Uh, this is to be the greatest uh, wizard tower in the land. I sure hope the spot isn't filled up by then. And then he puts his head back to uh, to his tablet. You know, his, it's pretty the... far away to, to hearth home. Um, I think this is this is a fantastic place, and I would be more than happy, uh, honored even, to be accepted into um, some sort of mutual beneficial relationship, working relationship here with you. Hmm. Please, sir. <clears throat> All right. Your Ooh. first task is to pick up those bricks and follow me. Excuse me? Is the mother-in-law still here? Uh, no, she probably dropped off the girl. Might have, like, sat around for a bit of the conversation. And after mm -hmm. a few sarcastic remarks and the seeing the comfortable repartee going back and forth, she would have dismissed herself quietly. Mm-hmm. Devon will make a point of making her uh, carry uh, bricks by hand if she doesn't have uh, a spell to make it easier. She does not have a spell at the moment. She has no tensors floating discs. And I, I, he, uh, he like, or unseen servant or something. Mm -mm. He like makes a makes a play or a jest of like convincing her that he's going to put her to work laying bricks to build this tower by hand. Um, <sighs> But I think it's a it's it it's a ruse. It, I don't know if we want to like. She falls for it at first. I don't know if Very we want to clearly do like really. to you see how, to... see who gets the upper hand in these in this uh, exchange. Um, Get our yeah. dice form today. Let's do oh, it. Devon I'm going to give her uh, a slight penalty because she's in a new situation and she is then not in the position of um, authority here. So I'll give her a charisma check at minus two. Uh, yeah, Ooh. her 16 versus your 31. 
Yeah, Devon is not. I, I think he do, he doesn't live up to it. I mean, Twelve charisma. I mean, he rolled well, obviously. So mm-hmm. situational or whatever. I don't think he lives up to his hype. He's uh, moderate in stature, fine in features, mm-hmm. um, and his reputation is growing disproportionate to his uh, to his charisma. But. Mm-hmm. Despite all of this, he bluffs well. She, uh, she's probably quite disappointed and and uh, a little but chatty with her disappointment too. Oh, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I think she gets to the top floor and sees the like gem encrusted walls of this like lookout. I, I'm thinking it's kind of like there's no like there's open art doorways looking out over the city from here mm-hmm. in this little like chamber what's the name for like a stone gazebo type structure you know what i mean it's like a it's a room yeah. but it's like also like a balcony like there's a balcony off of it and it's just like columns and archways that open up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i know exactly like a, what you're talking about yeah they just arches all the way around with a mm-hmm. maybe some sort of pointed roof to keep the rain off and then just a little mm-hmm. walkway on the outside there's yeah. got to be a term the, for this sort of yeah it's fine I don't know, almost like a pagoda type thing, but it's on the top of the tower. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the rock that this that this top floor is made out of is encrusted with semi precious stones, or veined mm-hmm. with these semi precious stones. Maybe a, some sort of terrace. Yeah, terrace is like the superficial structure that you would like grow plants up. But yeah, that's a that's not a terrace. That's a trellis. Tre- oh, okay. Terrace. You might be right with the terrace. It's an I external Devon... raised open flat area, either in landscape, in a building, or on a roof. But it's yeah. not quite what we're talking about. We're talking about a very specific pavilion? Could be. Yeah. Like a yeah. A veranda, maybe? Yeah. It's Doesn't sort of matter. like an, a rooftop veranda. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, Devon doesn't appear to have aged, actually, despite time passing. Perhaps it is uh, his divine blood, but, uh, in all the years, he still looks like a like barely an adolescent. Hmm. And a and a surprised uh, apprentice follows him to his veranda. Mm-hmm. Bricks in hand, saying things like, "Gee, I really didn't think there'd be quite so much brick carrying." Maybe you want to pass uh, this and- work off to a, a larger apprentice. I'm only eighty-eight pounds, you know. And- Devon says, and I, and, until you learn to uh, to work with magic, you'll, your hands will have to do. Well, better start learning those magic carrying spells. <laughs> you have one, right? Mm. This is heavy. Mm. Wait, slow down. I- All right. Okay. 
Well, and I think she uh, she ought to learn to work with her hands. So Devon will yes. set her to researching uh, the four elemental fists, as mm-hmm. he calls them. And I'm sure at some point there is a vigorous debate between Asoy and Devon about whether Chill Touch is a water spell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And Devon contends that it must, that it is surely a, the, the water, the water fest. And that uh, she much learn it, but, uh, yeah. I have created a short spell list for a soy. Oh, does she come with spells? Can she actually cast spells when she shows uh, up? Yes, she has a few spells. Ooh, actually, you know what? I don't think so. No, I think she's got nothing. I was going to create a list for her, but I think she's just magically inclined and has been able to cause some sort of magical effects without knowing what she's doing. Um, but she doesn't have read magic or mm. um, detect magic yet. So, or a spell How? book. Yeah. She's a, a, a tabula rasa for you. Okay. Well, I guess we are, we're, if she and Cassandra get along, she might get herself a conventional spell book. Otherwise, mm. she might be con- confined to Devon's laboratory or library. Okay. Memorizing her spells off of tablets and stuff. And perhaps tablets that she makes. Mm hmm. I think De- Devon frustrates her with uh, his insistence on all of his manual tasks, basically because of her disdain for such things. Discipline. So that's yeah. what it's called. Discipline. So he sets her he sets her to carving out her spell books with like a chisel and a hammer into stone tablets in the course of her uh, spell research. Mm-hmm. She if grumbles, she... especially when she sees you at some point just write with your finger in a stone tablet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she will ooh I've... and awe over your ability to carve stone with finger and uh, ask you to enchant her thusly so she can complete her tasks more efficiently. But I assume the point is the discipline and the time. Well, and Devon spent years and much research uh, inventing this lesser disintegration spell. Mm -hmm. It's uh, far beyond her skill level and far too dangerous. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Cassandra is affronted, perhaps, that there is this new apprentice. Maybe a yeah. little jealous, especially since Asoy seems to hold much more potential. Almost yeah. as much potential as Devon himself. Um, by now, Cassandra, we, we should probably figure out her level at this point. Um, you've, she's got paper making. She's learned a few spells. Yeah, she's prob- she's got to have leveled up at least once, I would think, from all that spell learning. Mm-hmm. But maybe not. Yeah, we had literally nothing for her. Mm -hmm. Um, But she spent, I think it's been a year and a half now as your apprentice. Mm -hmm. And she's learned a bunch of spells. Yeah. Um, Oh, does read magic, detect magic count against spells per level? Actually, she already has one more spell. Yeah, I just added read magic to her list because it wasn't on there and she does need it. Um, Uh But she learned one of these hold portals, maybe was researched. Yeah, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. So I think that will fix our 
uh, spell count problem. Did she? Did I actually have her learn both hold portals, or maybe? Maybe one was a mistake. Maybe I added the original hold portal and realized that I wanted a new one. Yeah. I seem to recall her having both hold portals and yeah, you making a crack about it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so um, Cassandra so and Asoy. Let's see how they get along. Right. I think initially Cassandra is uh, skeptical, distrustful. Mm-hmm. This young whippersnapper coming in, displacing mm-hmm. her. I'm more curious to see if Asoy can uh, make it or can get in to Cassandra's good graces to get access to paper, or if she's going to be stuck with Devon carving stone tablets for her entire career. Mm-hmm. So, Asoy... I'm making opposed charisma, intelligence checks between the wizards. I was going to give Cassandra a bonus for her level, but a soy rolled an 18 and a 16 is a 34, and Cassandra rolls a 12 and a 15 is a 27. Even with the plus one for level, that's a 28. And so I think Cassandra immediately feels the um, the potential in this kid, the mm-hmm. the sharp wit the very comfortable sarcastic nature with which she speaks to you cassandra's been a little bit more you know of an appropriate apprentice that um uh, honors you and says nice things and doesn't talk back and here's this brand new whippersnapper who's all smart and talking shit and you seem to be like talking shit back with her and immediately mm-hmm. and how does uh, how does Asoy's dexterity become revealed to devon I think at some point he will catch wind of this and realize that she might have potential to be more than a simple wizard. Well, you see, Devon, you have her haul these bricks around or stack mm-hmm. these tablets, and at some point, as you, you hold out your elemental staff, you turn and you knock a brick or a tablet off a table, and um, with a quick hand, Asoy reaches out and grabs the tablet before it can fall to the ground and shatter. And then puts it back with like a "woo, glad I was here to catch that" remark. Hmm. Interesting. That was impressive. Um, I'm blanking on a uh, a proper Mr. Miyagi moment of like throwing something and making her catch it, but uh, mm. something Flies like that chopsticks. follows. Yeah. Um, and Devon will eventually begin attempting to train her in martial arts. Hmm. Or, oh. or at she least some defensive ability. Nine yeah. strength. Does she? She's got 12. Only six con, eight charisma, but 12 strength, 15 dex, 16 int on 3d6. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, she's probably going to stay a single class wizard, right? But Yeah. Probably. But, but she could use a bunch of extra proficiency slots to, like, cross-class and grab, like, temporal proficiencies have... or a martial arts skill yeah. or something. And she'll have a weapon proficiency that she needs to fill, and if she's this dexterous and you teach her to use said fists, then mm-hmm. that will probably take up uh, her slot. Um, are you going to teach her more offensive or defensive? Because you have style A and style D. 
Mm -hmm. Style D would just give her a flat defensive bonus, but make her useless on the assault. Well, her elemental fists will be mm. most mm -hmm. useful. Right, that's true. Um, if you're going to be giving her fist of stone, burning hands, shocking grasp, and icy touch, then most definitely. Maybe she'll invent a different, uh, a different coal or a different water fist. Hmm. And gale fist, and we'll see. But she will. This will be her initial task. You know, it's a hyperhidrosis hand spell. It just makes your hands slightly damp so you can turn pages on your spell books really <laughs> easily. Last nice. one day per level. Nice. Um, yes. So Isoy, the, uh, the student of the four elemental fists. Mm-hmm. Mm Excellent. Um, on to... <clears throat> The next apprentice, we don't have to spend nearly as long with them, but there will be a second apprentice that shows up um, a few weeks later, like six weeks later. Mm -hmm. It is a another young woman. Um, this one is a little bit taller. So, yeah, I've been randomizing all of their stats. The female and, apprentices. Um, this is gonna. <laughs> it's fine. Uh... It's fine. Yeah. Uh, she is 5'2", 105 pounds, uh, 15 years old, so much, much younger than the others. Her int is only 13, but she's got 14 con, 12 dex, 10 strength, 8 will, 10 charisma, 12 perception. Not as much potential as a soy, a little bit more potential than Cassandra. I think if you'd like to personify her, you can. I think Devon will uh, assign this apprentice to Cassandra, sort mm. of. He will tell Cassandra that there is this, uh, or right if it comes to him, that there's another apprentice poking around. He's like, another mm. one? Uh, this is always taking up so much of my time. All right, Cassandra, see if this uh, apprentice is worth our time. If you can make use of her, uh, do so. But, uh, well, that is possibly a perfect application for Moth we have here because her defining personality trait at this point is driven. She is young, 15 years old, and she has a plan or at least has a, a burning desire to do things with none of this sarcastic, sassy, I'm pretty cool attitude. This person is like a, a pure academic who wants to delve into the nuances of everything. Um, highly motivated individual. Let's all call them. Um, are all of is is she guaranteed to be a wizard, or is it possible that she is just like a sage or something? She has the capacity to become a wizard if you were to train her thusly, um, but that does me require a lot more time and effort than just teaching someone knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, you could be a sage much, much more easily than you could become a wizard and much, much more cheaply. Yeah. So it's your call what to do with Moth. No, I'm sure she'll learn some spells. I mean, I think she gets uh, passed off to Cassandra initially. I think as the weeks go by, Devon will notice her drive. Mm -hmm. We'll see her work. Does Cassandra take to her? Does Cassandra, like, put her to work and... Uh... Um... 
yeah, the library me... and the paper making and whatever. Let's see. Let's do the same sort of check here. Moff versus Cassandra. This goes much better. Uh, Moff gets a 26. Cassandra gets a 32 on um, opposed intelligence checks okay. with levels so for Cassandra modifiers. Feels, Cassandra feels less threatened by this one. <sighs> this one think... is, yeah, definitely less threatening and then also is really willing to learn and so sits with rapt attention at everything Cassandra has to say and tries to absorb it all, sort of treating her like the instructor and you as sort of like the upper professor or something. So this uh, this arrangement works out nicely. Great. Um, yeah. I imagine that Moth may turn into more of a scholar or a sage, perhaps picking up a few spells along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her drive combined with a lack of aptitude will probably... I don't know. Lead her down a different path. Mm-hmm. Many paths to go. Interesting. Cool. Um, shall we sort out some spell learning? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do contact with a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, if I recall, it, my base chance of learning a fifth level spell is twenty-seven. I would have per to week. Look it but up. We could recheck if you'd like. Yeah, we should probably recheck. Sure. Actually, here's spell research. Oh, no, it's... Is the spell research stuff in spells and magic or something? It or is. is there... All right, I do not have that at hand. There's something in the DMG, isn't there? There is um, in the DMG as well. The spells and magic just has a more detailed process. Um, proposing, describing, approval, conducting research... Two weeks per spell level, base chance is 10%, plus one point per relevant ability score, plus one point per level, minus twice the spell level. Twice the spell level? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so that's 10. Your, um, so maybe it's 25%. Int? My int is 16. And your ninth level? Ninth level, so 16 plus 18 minus 20. 25, you were right. Yeah, I said 27 first, but... Ah, well then, you were wrong. Okay, and then for each week thereafter, it increases by 10%. Didn't have closed the book. That's fine. And then is it a 95 that is a 100, or that is a fail, or is it 99? Um, each week is another 10%. 99 or 100 is... It proves unworkable. All right, so there's 10 weeks... Oh no! Ooh. Devon fails to contact other planes <sighs> after yeah. months of seeking this out. The problem um, with your research is that whenever you try to figure out how to contact the other plane and delve back into it, um, the like answer that you keep getting or like the magic that you keep testing keeps bringing you to Atropos and she yeah. keeps being the one that you are like hinting at contacting as you're trying out the, the various magics and all mm -hmm. you end up doing is reaching out to Atropos who then like visits you in your dreams that night or something and it, it, yeah. it just you can't have that woman in, in your mind when you sleep at night and if she is the other plane then maybe you don't want to contact it after all <laughs> Well, my plan was to go reach out to her. No. Oh. If I fail this. 
because I think she's probably a workaround. First off, she has first-hand knowledge of Drexel mm-hmm. and of a lot of things, apparently, including, I mean, apparently she's an extraplanar creature or something. Mm-hmm. So, 12 weeks of this, uh, the apprentice stuff was interspersed in that time. I guess I no longer need to figure out remove curse. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually. I think that comes up in this, so when I have some time, I will do so, but... All right. And Devon sets off into the hills to see how Outpost is doing. Mm-mm. Uh, yes, check, replace the normal. That's fine. So you head off into the hills to find Atropos. You know where she is. You make your way there without a problem. Um, you will arrive the same day you set out. Mm-hmm. And um, you will see Atropos's apprentice down at the base of the wall, huffing and puffing with a couple of buckets of water in hand over a, a long bar that you would carry on your shoulders, looking up this cliff face. And you can recall back to the times where you have had to carry water up and down this cliff face after hiking a mile or two to pit fill it in a stream and then coming back here. The uh, memories of being a, a young apprentice and doing manual labor are, I guess, still sort of fresh in your mind after these other apprentices, but... Here you are seeing the manual labor you had to yeah, do. Yeah, Devon's going to give her a shortcut. Um, fabricate might be my best option here. Yeah, I think fabricate is... Is the one. I was looking to see if I had any like levitating stuff or. Are you just gonna yeah. like fabricate stairs or a ramp yeah. or something? Yeah, exactly. Um, with whatever is around. I don't think I want to permanently like reshape Atropos's crevice because I assume if she wanted stairs here, she would probably put stairs. I mean, if there's stairs, so... then she might be able to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I can always break them later. Okay. Um, so if there's some, if there's, there's probably not wood nearby, is there? Some scraggly bushes, not much in the way of good lumber. Um, but it's, it's probably a crude staircase made of stacked stones is what happens. Okay. So Devon sees her standing there. Um, I think it takes a round per level, doesn't it? Special... Uh, duration permanent, casting time special. Um, some I think in the actual spell. Oh, uh, casting requires one full round per cubic yard or foot of material to be affected. Yeah, yeah. So one round per level. Okay, so up to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Devon's like sees her trying to figure out how to get this water up the thing. Surprised that she hasn't figured out some technique by now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Devon quickly mastered her like some way of getting the water up that he repeated 
Well, Devon is also a well-versed martial artist mm -hmm. who is, um... He probably had some weird trick where he, like, sprang, like, sprang up many Mm -hmm. times spilling the water, but sometimes he... But with your 14 strength, 15 dex, 15 con, uh, it's Mm -hmm. a much easier trick for you to master than this random... Anywho. So before, uh... What, was Hatchbros's apprentice's name even? She had. A name. I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Okay. I was trying to dodge it. I think we named her, but I don't remember what it was. So she's was... looking up with uh, consternation, and maybe before she sees Devon, she sees like a stone rise up next to her and like like set itself before her, and stairs begin to rise. And with frustration, she looks over at Devon, constructing the staircase. Mm-hmm. And if uh, she doesn't take it, Devon starts like walking up the staircase, stairs like being built before him. Mm-hmm. She follows up with the with the water, or maybe Devon takes the water from her. How does she react to Devon? We've, uh, with surprise. Yeah, um, we've uh, of... oh, we've role played a kind of contentious relationship between the two of them, but. But this is a, a sort of looking at you with wonder um, mm-hmm. and letting you walk up first as she stares in like maybe an unreasonable amount of surprise and awe, even. Yeah. I think Devon will take the water from her, setting it atop one of his shoulders mm-hmm. and going into visit Atropos. She coos out at you from within as you walk on up. Ah! My long-lost apprentice has returned! I hope I haven't uh, spoiled your new your new student too much. Yvonne sets the uh, water down before her. I don't think so. I'm sure you will make amends for the things <laughs> you've done. As must we all in time. I uh, must admit, now that I have some pupils of my own, I maybe can sympathize with you uh, more than I could before. Mm. Maybe pours her a cup of water, mm-hmm. or is this not for drinking? Uh, it's all purpose: drinking, washing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can pour her a cup if you would like. She will reach yeah. out with her gnarled bony fingers with the long nails that like the nails reach your hand and sort of gently caress across your like arm and wrist a little bit before she takes the water from you in a shuddering reminder of the horrors of this woman I don't see you very often anymore Tell me I... why you're here, Devon. My investigations have taken me elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Perhaps uh, beyond the reaches of this plane. Yes. And yet, somehow it all comes back to you. You were in my dreams last night. And a week mm-hmm. before that. And before that. <laughs> Uh, Devon casts a glance over his shoulder. Is her apprentice listening in? Yes, she has come up the stairs and is looking down them and looking in. I don't... Yeah, I don't know if this changes his... 
for some reason he feels like if Atropos uh, trusts this person, he can. Maybe more so than his own apprentices. Hmm. Um, first, there was the vision of uh, at the summoning circle in the fen. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, uh, now in my dreams, why is it then I, every time I attempt to reach out to other planes, I just see you looking back at me from the void. <laughs> Devon's eyes are narrowed. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't take the humor. The unseeing witch. Um, scoots herself on the floor over to the crack in her cave and sort of like wafts vapors generally in your direction not in a like come smell this but just like blowing them your way a little bit and says Devon Devon flares his nostrils and breathes deep these my friend Devon my loveliest apprentice these are the vapors that allow you to see beyond You see me in your dreams because you know this is the way to connect with the outside, with the rest of the egg. What if I want to see beyond the egg? What if I long to see the nest and the branch and the tree and the earth and sky beyond? Then thrust your head between my crevice and sniff deeply. Ronda thought to press her again on what she actually is. Maybe more on this Drexel character. But, uh... What? He came here to, uh fill his spell research. Maybe he's not going to get his contact other plane spell, but uh, here's one way to contact another plane. Where you... What are you trying to contact? Is it a specific something, or is it a generalized... I don't think contact other plane lets you contact a specific something. It lets you ask specific questions. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're going... What we're doing is not necessarily going to be bounds of the spell. I think we want to uh, contact Jexel or perhaps his patrons and make some pact with him to uh, send a servant, a librarian, mm-hmm. a Yugoloth to uh, serve Devon for a time. Um, let's see. Optional rule. The DM may allow a specific outer plane to be contacted. The way the spell is laid out, it doesn't, it, it doesn't even, it doesn't mention whether or not a specific creature can be, can be contacted. Right. It almost makes it seem like you can, like, it feel it strikes me as a bit lazy that they're just like, oh, an entire elemental plane is just one thing. Rather mm-hmm. than like it's an entirely different reality as vast as our own, complete right. built multitudes of they're just like mono worlds everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, um. So I think Devon lays on the ground, probably head just off the edge of the crack, 
Mm-hmm. I think his like, yeah. So he yeah lays down and like his back or the back of his head drapes over the crack, and the vapors waft up and over and around him. Feel fingernails running through your scalp as you inhale deeply. Ooh. And um, it's time to uh, contact of insanity. one of these characters. <laughs> um, You're into for th- 16, is it? Yeah. yeah. Whoops. What am I going to regret? Not a... Uh... It just lowers your chance of insanity if you. Yeah, have I was like, "Am I? I'm going to regret not uh, not having a parachute." But mm. f it. So every point over fifteen, so it just reduces by five percent, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, are we talking outer plane? Um, and can't. Do I get to reach for a specific person or I think you are reaching out with a concept yeah. into these strange vapors that seem to be the source of Atropos's power or a catalyst for her power. Mm-hmm. Um and so I can ask up to four questions. So I think in this contact I will ask some questions about Yes, no, maybe, never, irrelevant. Why don't we take our first break here? You can think about the questions during the break. I'll think about how I want to handle this, and we'll come back on the other side with a little more dicing with death. Sounds good. We'll we'll cut the vod right at the right at the fingers and the hair. Yeah, that was super super dramatic cliffhanger. Fix it in post. Totally. (laughs) 